No matter how well the first date goes, I never get my hopes up. It all goes downhill after she sees my micro penis. What the hell is going on here? Nothing, baby penis. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did say small penis many times because that is, in fact, something that turns men on that have a small penis. A cowboy hat means I'm ashamed of my small penis. Why is it so small? Hi, it's so freaking small. Bitch, get out. On Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Rumors Matt's been named in Hillary Clinton's new book, What Happened, as a reason for her election loss. Well, not Matt specifically, but angry, white, rapey men who are violently scared of strong, pear-shaped, asexual women. <laughs> so basically, Matt, uh, do you got to pre-order a copy of What Happened? Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, explains how she lost the election in 2016. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if this book is necessary. I think we kind of know why she lost. Uh, people hated her. Well, that's not in her book. In her, in her book, uh, she claims uh, sexism, uh, angry, angry men, angry men, and people being duped uh, by Trump, and then the Russian. And she blames the Russians. Did she uh, mention the part where she gave uh, speeches to Goldman Sachs for two hundred fifty grand apiece, and that uh, due to Freedom of Information Act requests, we now know the content of those speeches, and the content was we're going to lie to the people. Of, no, the, of the I, American public. I think that's in, that's in the sequel. I guess I got cut out. Yeah, by the way, she gets about $20 million advance for all her books. So I, don't, I can't blame her for putting out books as, as often as possible. She literally gets a $20 million advance from Simon Schuster for each book she puts out, even knowing that the books will never, ever recover that money for the, for the publication company, for the publisher. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they don't come close. Her last one was... She put out one during the election, uh, whatever, Hillary Clinton's thoughts on whatever the fuck it was, $20 million. And uh, I think they made back like eight million or something like that. I kind of have to question their motivation. Have you? I know you know. I mean, we live in LA, so there's a lot of Hillary Clinton fans. Have you ever seen anyone carrying her book around? No, I've seen like one Hillary bumper sticker. No. <laughs> everybody was for her, but they're not. Gonna, they're not going to buy her shit. Nobody was buying her merchandise. Uh, there were a few people towards the end who were like, you know, probably getting tattoos and shit just because they hated Trump so much. But I have not seen one single person carrying their Hillary Clinton book around by the beach. The That's interesting like thing is she's. Um, She's definitely had sex because uh, Chelsea, uh, you can tell that, you know, that's her biological. Yes, most definitely. It's so, kind of weird that Bill and Hillary look a lot alike, don't they? Uh, I think you think that all people, well, she's not actually from Arkansas. I don't know. I think they're just, they're very white. They're both very white people. Uh, Chelsea definitely takes after her mom with the eyes and the whole facial yeah, like structure thing. head type of thing. Yeah, that's a whole weird thing. I feel kind of, if she wasn't so annoying, I'd feel bad for Chelsea. Now she's just <laughs> become super annoying, living off, living off the largesse of her family name. So I was kind of thinking she might actually do something with her life, but apparently she just decided to take on easy media gigs where she gets paid 500 grand for, to, to do a report on, like, Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, I think she's incredibly lazy. But if you could, you know, rake in seven figures a year being lazy, you might do the same thing. Uh, I would, but I, I would have a cover job. I would at least have a cover job where I looked like I was doing shit. This week's show is sponsored by Women's Body Positive and Empowering Social Media Posts. Coincidentally, they all contain carefully produced sexy bikini selfies. Women's Body Positive and Empowering Media Posts because men are more apt to be open-minded after being offered free softcore porn. Here's the trend. I have noticed on social media, whenever women uh, hashtag empowerment or write about empowerment or body positive, it invariably almost involves them in a tortured bikini, selfie bikini pose looking amazing. 
Like that's like pretending they didn't want the photo taken. Or well, something? there's no like I got a job in the coal mine and I'm a woman. Check me out, female empowerment. It's always a woman like in her in a bikini looking amazing, and this is like empowering for other women somehow. It's it seems like a very convenient form of social <laughs> social protest <laughs> when you get to you get to like maneuver yourself. You maybe lose 10, 20 pounds, and then you take a a right perfect angled bikini photo and talk about how this is empowering. Isn't it just what we used to call like showing off? Yeah, I was thinking it's empowering in that you get attention because people want to fuck you. But yeah, well, I, I don't. I don't well, think there's a deeper political. Well, so there was meaning. this group. There's a, a black sorority from uh, Florida A&M, agricultural mining. I think they were all into agricultural mining. Uh, they had their ten year <laughs> reunion recently, and they all went. To, like forty chicks from the sorority, uh, a black women, all went to Costa Rica on a beach vacation. And they decided because they were all there together, 40 black women, they have to do something empowering. So what did they do? They took a lot of bikini selfies of themselves. You, you sent me the article. And <laughs> yes. I, I read it three times. Yes, and sense. I don't know if I'm retarded or if it's just society at large. Well, here's the thing. They, they back, so they took bikini photos of themselves and backed into like, how do we frame this as like a cause? So they, their cause with the, is there aren't enough black women in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. And so we're okay. carrying this Sports Illustrated uh, mel- mel- melanin or melon or whatever they call it for the black skin. And uh, uh, I'd like to show, this is our form of protest to show that there should be more black women in Sports Illustrated. Which, by the way, is actually a very valid point because they actually don't put black women, they don't put black women in, in Sports Illustrated. There's one or two. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, they, put, they started putting like, a lot of chubby women in recently. But they really do not like dark-skinned women in their magazine. So it's a actual valid criticism. I think they backed into that after being drunk and taking bikini selfies. There's yeah, a, I mean, it's. I, I'm just failing to see how, how they're, what form of activism this is. Wouldn't it have been like, like, we're 40 black women, college educated, we all have amazing jobs, take care of our families, look how awesome we are, as opposed to check out our fucking titties and these fucking bikinis? This is how this yeah, is empowering. Yeah, I would prefer they just said, we feel like bending over and showing our tits. And taking photos. What's yes. wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. You have to have a cause now. That's the only way to do it. But the cause is always involved you showing off your body. Uh, not you and I. Not your cause matter. My cause. Nobody's asking for that. If you wish to contact, maybe Brian is tanked up. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Minute Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Minute Podcast. On another show, Matt, I know uh, you are not a Ronnie James Dio fan because uh, you were mostly into uh, teen pop. You were Brian. Mostly, I'm going to say Brian Adams. <laughs> Depeche Mode and uh, Bronski Beat were your were your big were your big ones. Nirvana, you know, Temple of the Dog, Mother Love Bone. Oh, uh, you were gr- you were I, grunge. I, yeah, I missed the whole uh, metal thing. I hadn't even heard of this guy. Well, it was uh, well, yeah. You, you, what do you miss metal? ACDC it, wasn't around. It when wasn't were... considered cool at all when I was growing up. <laughs> Uh, really? It wasn't people weren't into like the hardcore heavy heavy bands. It was all like it was all like Tupac and, yeah, okay. and Nirvana. And yeah, yeah, like that. whatever. White white people pretending to be urban. I get that. Ryan James Dio was the hero of all white suburban teenagers because he was the classic 70s and 80s into the 90s uh, heavy metal heavy metal lead singer. He sang in Richie Blackmore's Rainbow uh, for about a year. He sang for in Black Sabbath when Ozzy after Ozzy got either drunk and left or just forgot where he was and did show up for a year. Uh, and then he formed his own band, Dio, Holy Diver, a whole bunch of huge albums. Prototypical metal lead singer, ugly ass dude. He is short, uh, horrendous to look at. <laughs> short, ugly, long, greasy, crimped hair. Bad teeth. Bad teeth. Receding gums. Receding <laughs> gums. But just an amazing shriek voice. 
which is what really set you apart in metal in the seventies. Yeah, was that ability to fucking hit falsetto at a screaming at a screaming pitch, and, and while you're singing about Satan, not, was, e- not easy to do, by the way. Uh, no, not easy to do. I mean, uh, I think even what's his name, uh, you know, from Guns of Axl Rose did it for a little while, and then he kind of lost his voice. For to be able to do that for like thirty five years to screech like that at full full pitch is pretty impressive. Anyhow, he died uh, less impressively. He died about seven years ago. He was a cult hero to all like. Well, now, like 20, 30, 40, 50 year old white, white guys who love metal. He's obviously your hero. We're, we're, that's reading. Uh, I was never a big Dio fan, to be honest, but I admired the fact that for, he was able to do it for 40 years, right. which is pretty impressive. And without getting to be like Ozzy, where he was like falling down and unintelligible. How did he pass away? He wasn't stomach, that old. Can- stomach cancer. Oh, that sucks. And uh, so that was seven years ago. And now, cut to seven years later, his widow has approved a hologram of Ronnie James Dio to go out on tour. Dio tour. Uh, Dio is reorganizing as a tour featuring the Ronnie James Dio hologram. And by the way, not members of the Dio band, but actually a cover, a Dio cover band with the hologram. So the worst of both worlds. So, so no living person from the original band is. No, because the real guys wouldn't do The real guys wouldn't do it because they know how sick it is. Here's my question, Matt. And then, by the way, the hologram looks pretty good. I got to say, you saw the two pack hologram at Coachella a few years ago. It's, it's, from a distance, it looks pretty real. Oh, can I plug real quick my friend Ashley's hologram company? Yeah, oh, please. I hope you do. Uh, it's called, we like in, a, in, in, in show advertising. Yeah, it's called Ventana. She started the company and uh, whatever for all your hologram needs. Anyway. Is she going to do uh, Ryan James, Dead Ryan James Dio? I don't know if she's doing it or not. Uh, well, she might be. I'm about to slam her because I don't <laughs> think. So the, the, the Dio hologram is kind of cool, but it lives on this platform. It can't move. The band can't move around the hologram. And then he sings pre-recorded songs with all the facial gestures and, the, and the stuff like that. And they're going on tour to like 17 cities and wherever they're going. By the way, do fall. not take mushrooms and go to the show. It's, the way you're describing it, yes. it sounds so fucking horrifying. I think you'd have to take drugs to go to the show. Why else would you go? First of all, I don't know who would go because anyone who goes should be beat up. Here's my point, Matt. <laughs> isn't it like, isn't dead enough? Like, should the widows, I mean, it's one thing for like Prince's family to say Paisley Park should be a museum to Prince. Right. I kind of get that. The whole museum, the whole, you know, the Elvis thing and... and is like, you know, it's been done by every single music artist who dies prematurely, basically. Uh, I kind of get that. You can, you can kind of shape how this is an ode to the people who visit their home. Having a guy go out and tour in a hologram after he's dead, shouldn't that be illegal? Shouldn't there be something to stipulate that unless the music star or celebrity says, by the way, when I'm dead, go ahead and make a hologram of me and send me on tour, <laughs> that it should just be blatantly illegal? Yeah, I think you got to start before you uh, kick the bucket, like doing essentially, I don't know if it's called a, wouldn't be a prenup, but some sort of some sort of statement, your your last will and testament, saying, "Yo, don't make me a hologram." Yes, but you know, I I also like I was in um, Phoenix, so outside of Phoenix, where the Arizona, fuck the football team, the Cardinals play mm-hmm. uh, to go to one of their games, and uh, I walked into the Saddle Ranch. So they they essentially set up like a Sim City around this yes. this stadium. It's it's not even close to Phoenix. It's you know an hour out of out of the way. Um, and they're playing uh, Nirvana at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. And I said to my friend, who's a smart guy, how do you think Kurt Cobain would feel about this? Oh, he'd hate it. He said he'd be really fucking pissed. Yeah. Well, your music... <laughs> so, like, I don't know if you can really... Once you're dead, you, you don't really have any say in what goes on. No, you don't even own... Even when you're alive, you don't own the music. You think that Rolling Stones, like Donald Trump, playing uh, You Can't Always Get What You Want at his, at his rallies? I didn't know he did that. Yes. He's... Uh, he's. They have specifically requested that he stop fucking doing that. 
Uh, but as, and they've even threatened to sue him. But as it turns out, they can't sue him. You can't always get what you want. Uh, the message that you should be striving for <laughs> as know. a leader. I don't know. Isn't That's that a, kind of a cynical? I think it's the one song that Trump's like one of those old guys who has like one rock song. He says he likes to relate to people younger than himself, <laughs> even though the Stones are actually older than he is. Right. That's like the thing. Like, oh, I love the Stones. Can't always get what you want. You ever heard that's one of my favorite songs. And the rest is like big band era shit or something like that. Yeah, he's totally full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the Rolling Stones tried to stop and This happened before the Republicans. They're always at the convention. They're always using like rock music. Yeah. And then the people get really pissed off and then it turns out they remind they don't own their own music. I thought they, Springsteen got Reagan to stop doing that. Uh, he might have just... I mean, sure he, a, he sure, sure he asked for that. But like, you know, it turns out bands don't own their own music. They, had, they gave up their publishing rights for $500 million at some point. Hmm. So uh, uh, hateful Republicans can use their music to <laughs> appeal to the masses. So I think people understand that. that you know, music is... Once you, once you sell out, unless you're going to fucking write, record, and publish your own music, which nobody does. I guess people on YouTube do. Uh, you're at a loss for that. And the music will live on after you die. But pretending you're still alive in a hologram, not that they're saying it's a real thing, but recreating the living guy and sending him on tour, I think that's a new level. Yeah, because uh, it's like I don't know anything about um, Rio. But if or, you, D- or Dio. Uh, sorry, my bad. Dio. Sorry, Matt. Have another sip of Chardonnay. <laughs> <You> homo. <laughs> Jesus. So if you explain this to, like, even someone a generation younger than we are, like my dad, yeah. he'd be like, so... You know, once a guy dies, he can still perform uh, through, like, essentially this electric light show. He'd be like, yeah, I just have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Well, I would. Uh, that's his generation. My generation would say, like, that just seems crass, like, beyond crass. Like, I guess if you're starving, like, I always give people, if people are starving, I always give them the benefit of the doubt for what they do to make money. Yeah. Like, if fucking someone steals an apple or food for their family because their family's starving, I go, you know, okay, whatever. But if someone's just trying to turn an extra buck... By sending out their dead husband in a hologram. That's like, how badly do you need the money to do that to your husband? And by the way, if you want to... Now, she, she claims... So here's what she said. Here's what the widow said. I'll just call her the widow. I don't know her name. Call her the widow. That makes her sound greedy. The widow said, like, back in the 80s, Ronnie and I talked about this. And he loved, like, the idea of, like, the Disney animatronics and stuff like that. And these recreation of these shows. And, and he, I think he'd really enjoy... Oh, yeah, because 30 years ago, he mentioned something... About how he loves like the visual arts of some yeah. animation. What a thing. fucking liar, by the way. <laughs> yes. Oh, so he talked about a thing that didn't exist until about five years ago. Like, right. Well, she's saying the gist of it is that he loved technology and that he would he would totally dig this. So I mean, you have to assume like Tupac would shoot the people who hologram him. <laughs> and, and Dio is like, so it's so not rock and roll to do this. So unless you really badly need the money, here's my you can tell your friend who uh, that you were pimping for on the on the holograms. As far as I'm concerned, holograms should exist. For virtual sexual encounters, that's the extent of where we need hologram technology. Well, that's that's coming. I think. <laughs> yes. Well, no, I think it's already here. Like, if you can find a way to send like a, a holo- realistic human rep- reproductions of people's homes for for virtual sex, I see the benefit of that. But outside of that, I don't. Well, I can I, go see a living a living guy's concert. I feel like the sort of uh, fake vagina technology isn't. We, we can only get to a certain point with that. There's like a pretty hard cap on how realistic a a uh, fleshlight can be, right? Well, the uh, the sex robots are here already, and they're definitely coming. They're going to get more and more advanced. So at some point, people who have poor social skills or just are lazy will be fucking sex robots. Well, they'll probably get more advanced, but I'm just saying, like, it's never going to be like an actual pussy. Like, you can um, buy tofurkey. Right, and that's the closest we can get to Turkey without yes. Turkey. Yes, and it's not even close. 
Are you comparing a woman's uh, vagina to tofurkey? Yeah, I, I can see that. that I makes refer sense to my to girlfriend's vagina. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't think, dude. Well, here's the thing. First of all, you're talking about dudes who are not getting sex very often, and either they don't care or they don't really know. So I think a dude who's like, here's the thing: Are you going to be the guy who like spends three years trying to get laid and goes to all his trouble, or if you're a real lazy guy and you don't, you're not lucky with ladies, you're going to like take the eighty percent vagina and get? But just if get you're a motivated you enough guy, dudes are buying. Dudes are buying. You have an stories. extra ten G's for a, a fucking real doll. Yes. How do you not apply that to just fucking an actual woman? Well, but also those guys are very awkward socially. They don't like the, the interaction scares them. It's not just the sex. I think the actual social interaction scares them. I'm down with, I'm down with dudes. I, first of all, I think society's better off when we have access, unlimited access to pornography. I agree. Because all those guys, what would they be doing if they didn't have that access? I, I actually theorized, um, I've never heard this brought up because uh, it's complete speculation, but... You know the crime wave in the in the eighties, the mid eighties. Crime went way down right around when VCRs became commercially available. My theory, which yes. I think you're following me, yes. is dudes started beating off and committing less uh, murder. Uh, it, t- it totally makes sense to me. Probably to nobody else, but that totally <laughs> makes sense to me. I think. I mean, we were, we were in a story we did a couple months ago about the uh, guy who got arrested was in, in Canada, I think, because he had the. Um, he imported that Chinese doll, like the sex doll that was underage sex doll. Oh fuck! Yeah, it was a little. And we kind of both agreed that like it's disgusting, and yet we'd still rather have that guy have the doll than not have the doll. Right, right. Because if the guy wants to fuck a woman girl who looks like she's twelve or fourteen, wouldn't you rather have him do it to a plastic doll from China than any other option? Yes. So to me, the, the hologram sex toys for for guys who who rather like the twenty million guys who need to shut in and just not be associated with real women, I'm better off with that. I know Huff Poe and all those ladies will make fun of them. As being like virtual rapists, <laughs> but a virtual rapist isn't really hurting anybody. But are we at the at the point in this sort of Orwellian reality? So if you like, well, could you be charged with raping your sex doll? That seems like she Bla- wasn't that into that it. sounds like Blade Runner three. That <laughs> could be. If really, Scott stays long alive long enough. We'll see that Blade Runner three. Uh, Matt, I want to move on to the next segment because I got a great segue about fake vaginas. Nice. Speaking of fake vaginas, uh, comedian Little Duval, Little, L- how would you, Lil. Lil, Lil Duval. I feel like if you're going to go with the Little, you got to go fully phonetically proper with Little. Well, that's my thing. I'm not going to mispronounce something just because you can't say it correctly. Well, Lil is like the a black guy version, like Little Little Bow Wow of like the name of Little, being like a little guy. Yeah, but I'm not of. from like the deep south, and I don't say lol. I, I say little. So like, if you know. you can, I'm pretty. I'm pretty down with it. if you can't play it in Scrabble, you can't. You can't really use those <laughs> real word. Yeah. So little Duval, little Duval's apparently there's a whole. You listen? Do you listen to the Breakfast Club? Charlemagne the God. Uh, sometimes, no, occasionally. I, I, you know I kinda, what it is. I kind of like him though. Yeah, it's one of the one of the hip hop uh, radio. They're on iHeart Radio now. I think they moved. They must be more local now. They're national on iHeart. It's like a New York thing. It's like a New York thing, uh, black, urban, hip-hop, funny guys talking about shit in the morning. Uh, it's sort of like the black version of the radio zoo, the morning zoo. Yeah, so, almost like a black-oriented Howard Stern. Yes, sure. exactly. So they had on this comedian, Lil Duval. You've never toured with Lil, Lil Duval? No, I'm not familiar with <laughs> stealing his material. Stealing his, stealing his material. Is he, I, is he named? <laughs> I hope is not. he a huge fan of Robert Duvall? I feel I, bad now. If you're, not, if you're a little short black guy comedian and you're not Kevin Hart, you're kind of fucked. You got to come up with something else. That spot's been taken. I feel like like the fat lady spot's been taken. Like the Asian lady spot's been taken. There's like you know, there's no, there's no limit to the number of white Jewish spots. So I'm good <laughs> with that. But there's like 
feel like there's like just like you talk about like the comedians who are fat and like you know go middle on their fatness. Mm-hmm. There is no that's not a spot. There's like the one fat guy who gets all Melissa McCarthy gets all the fat girl roles. Yeah. You want to find you want to find like a, a, a superficial niche because it makes people who book you and cast a lot easier. Their jobs a lot easier if you fit some sort of niche. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, like Rebel Wilson, she yeah. she gets the other half of the fat roles, and I think she's funny. But um, her shtick is that she's really horny, right? Yes. Um, she's a Randy. She's a Randy girl, like any other Randy girl, even though she's she's obese. She's obese, but this is like a first where, and I'm not trying to like talk shit about her, but I don't think no, you can if you want. We've to. had the fat horny shtick before. Did I send you? I sent you. Oh, I don't know. If it, did I send you the casting notice for Rebel Wilson Body Double? Uh, maybe. They're looking. She's Believe in it a, or not, I may have ignored. She's in that. a romantic comedy, by the way, now where she makes out with Liam's with uh, uh, what's his name uh, Hemsworth. Uh, Liam Hemsworth. No, I think it's the other Hemsworth. Chris, actually, so, so, no, it's Liam. It's Liam. It's not the one who's not Thor. Dude, a hunky, fucking jacked, statuesque dude is not trying to fuck Rebel Wilson. Well, it's, it's a it's a wish fulfillment movie of Rebel Wilson. And uh, so they're looking for a body double for, I guess, for stunt work or whatever else it is, standing work. And uh, imagine being, the, imagine going to the ca- that casting call. Wow. Because it's the only casting call in Hollywood where women can go who are just completely have let go, let themselves go. Yeah. It's like women are usually, star- real don't know, casting calls, women like starve themselves for a week ahead of time, hit the gym like wicked hard, don't eat, don't drink, and go show up in super tight clothing and revealing clothing. And this one is just like, let it go. Just like, show up with a bucket of like the Colonel's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ten, I've, ten piece. Like, I'm here for the Rebel Wilson casting. I've not seen that because I have friends that work in, you know, casting studios. And uh, by default, they sort of become uh, huge perverts because, yeah. you know, they're usually casting, um, I don't know, hot soccer chick or whatever. Um, it's always hot. It's always fucking hot chicken tank top. I mean, that's the that's the role that's always being cast. Yeah, and, if, and even if it's not being cast, that's how the women show up for the role. Yeah, yeah, they could be auditioning for plumber number three, <laughs> and they're fucking twats hanging. I would, I would, I go, I go by my axiom that it, to get a job, it never hurts to be a hot chicken a tank top. <laughs> there's just no job where that. There's literally no job where that hurts. And you, you. also get to complain about having to wear the tank top. Yes. If, you, if you get the job, Hillary Clinton, if she was better looking to wear a tank top, would be our president. Just, um, anyway, anyway, just, just people love that. First of all, women find it empowering for some reason, and guys just find it kind of hot. Who's the hot? There are no hot female politicians. Uh, well, no, Melania Trump, first lady. Uh, no, there. Uh, no, there's a couple. No, there actually are none. No. I mean, maybe was Nancy Pelosi hot when she was younger? I don't think so. I don't think so. She's either. always been rich, which is good. Oh, I don't know. I, I, God, I, I always wish to send you these articles. Uh, two weeks ago, they had the. Did you see the congressional lady sleeveless protest? No. Yeah, so the Cong- all the lady congressmen and senators got together to protest the fact that there's a rule in the Capitol building that you're not allowed to be sleeveless. And by the way, it's for both genders. You don't see, like, sleeveless dudes. Like, Yeah, it's not like John McCain shows up dressed <laughs> no. as a fucking Chippendale. No, the in fact, they, they, have to wear, uh, they have to wear a coat and tie on the floor of the, of the, of the House, of the Senate, whatever. In the in Capitol building, you have to wear your coat in the hallway, and you have to wear a, coat, you have to wear a tie and coat. That's just a, there's a dress code. Yeah, which actually I've, I'm against dress codes, but that seems like the one place if you had a dress code, you might have one, um, just because they're supposed to be serious looking people. But clearly, the so in general, male dress codes. I don't like wearing ties. I don't like the feeling yes. of having something around my neck. No. I, I don't think it's natural, except for your BDSM experiences in WeHo. <laughs> I understand that your grinder meetups. But like, so if I go to a wedding, right, 
and say it's like a, a, a black tie. Say the people getting married are complete douchebags. Yes. And they make you... Um, they are. They're getting married. Buy a fucking tuxedo. Yeah. A chick... So I got a minimum 100, 150 bucks, right, for this thing that's choking the life yes. out of me. A chick could buy a dress from Old Navy and be totally fine. Yeah, for, fact, for like twenty eight dollars. And even worse, if you ever go to like a summer wedding, I've been to a summer wedding where it's like black tie and just like a hundred degrees outside, you're sweating like a mofo, and like women are like in sundresses or whatever. Yeah, and just like looking breezy, going like, I need a sweater. Like, just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking dehydrating here. It's so uh, the dress codes are bullshit. Yeah, and by the way, so the women wanted to be sleeveless because sleeveless is like the new female empowerment thing. To be sleeveless and like you know, sleeves are a sign of oppression for women, and sleeveless is like the fashion thing now. Are and they really though? And they're hot. well, no, they're hot. They're probably hotter in sleeves, but so are the guys. And by the way, here's the worst part of all: no one cares what hot, if hot chicks protest shit. You're down for it when like the, the, the fatty, ugly ladies of Congress are like sleeveless and they're on the steps of the Congress protesting. I was like, man, put some put some sleeves, put some sleeves back. How do you know it's like women? I guess because the sleeves don't fit, but really chubby women go sleeveless really often. Yeah, like there's a it's like inversely proportional to the amount of flab on the arms is how sleeveless they want to be. And women do gain a lot of weight in their um, sort of tricep area. Oh yeah, there's the fl- hanging flabs stuff like that. So, but seeing like thirty or forty like fifty plus year old like flabby women, unattractive women in Congress with their sleeveless protests. Was this like a bipartisan Yeah, it was actually it was bipartisan for women to empower the fact that they should change the dress code and allow them to be sleeveless in the halls of Congress. Because didn't the Because that's really what's affecting this nation, Matt. That's what's <laughs> yeah. holding us back. But didn't sort of every dipshit Republican make a big deal out of Michelle Obama going sleeveless and how that was sort of crude or something. Yeah, honestly. I guess they've sort of pivoted on that. Honestly, I don't, I'm not, I'm clearly not a man in favor of dress codes, although I do want Brian to put on some. You're wearing Crocs right My Crocs actually match my tie-dye t-shirt. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I was trying to. Since we're having a gay off here, since we're having a gay off here today, Brian's in a tank top, you're drinking Chardonnay, and my shoes match my top. Uh, No, it's, 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 uh, it's horribly disgusting. I want to get back to Lil Duval. Oh, okay. Uh, Little Duvall said that, uh, here's what he said, the controversial statement he made. He said that, like, I don't know how they leaned into this conversation and hear the full context, but he said that if he slept with, a, slept with somebody, a chick, and then found out later on that chick used to be a dude, was a, tra- a post-op transgender, I suppose. Transsexual. Transsexual. That he would be, uh, that that person would be dying. Dying. D-Y-I-N apostrophe. Dying. Hmm. And, you know... Here's the thing. So, and then Char- the whole Breakfast Club got protested. Charlemagne the guy got protested by the, tr- the tranny activists, saying, "You know, this is ridiculous. You're threatening to kill someone because they, they you know, it turned out to be a man and all this other stuff." And Charlemagne the God said, "Like, look, I didn't say it, and I don't agree with it. So don't fucking protest me." Because he was getting shouted down at places he was appearing. And little Duvall, they went back to him. God bless his heart. Said, "Yeah, I totally meant what I said." I'd basically kill that tranny. I'd kill that tranny. And, you know, it's a tough, you know, the comedy world, it's tough to be, like we talked about, if you're not Kevin Hart, it's tough being a little black guy, so you want to make a name for yourself. So was he, was he doing a, a bit, or, I don't, or is I think he legitimately, he was, like, concerned about it? He didn't that? seem angry or violent about it. I think he was just representing, by the way, which, what I think is a very, probably overwhelmingly majority opinion, first of all, in the, in the black community, because you know how, how fucking homophobic, bigoted the black community is. They are not often down with the gays. No, they are. I mean, the, the whole country is, you know, not 60% of the country or 40% of the country, whatever it is, and all Republicans are probably homophobic and don't like gay people. But black people, even who are largely Democrats, are Democrats who don't like gay people, which is an unusual, <laughs> unusual demographic. Well, white people have to pretend 
to, to sort of uh, you know sort of sort of case the land. Only I think they don't. I don't think. I honestly don't think white people in the whole. I think part of it's a religious basis, and, and, and the black community tends to be more church, more church going community than, than than the white community. Yeah, I think part of it's based in that. But it's, you know, there are no like almost no openly gay black people, and it's just like certainly in Hollywood anywhere else, it's just sort of still lingering as a stigma among the black community to be gay is still seen as like. You know, is being a sellout to whatever it is. Like less than, less but than they human. have to. They must represent a disproportionate amount of the transsexual population too. Blacks, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the AIDS rates among blacks are much higher than among whites, and that's one of the reasons is because everybody's on the down low. Yeah, they fuck each other in their church basements. Yes, and they're, then they're lying and they're married to women because they're lying about being gay because it's such a it's such a stigma in the black community. So yeah, no, it's it's, it's really bad. Is it challenging to uh, fuck a woman if you're gay? Because I feel like it happens a lot, but I, it wouldn't be like me fucking a dude not being. Well, into we were it. talking about uh, you and I were talking about uh, a few days ago John Wenner of uh, Rolling Stone, who was married and had I believe kids with his wife before he officially came out of the closet and started dating young Calvin Klein models. <laughs> so he clearly had, I mean I I, I don't know I, I I've known a lot of the gay people I know had sex with women before they came out of the closet. Yeah, I feel like it's not much of a stretch. You know, it doesn't seem like it would be that a horrible. Lot of pheromones involved. In no, I mean honestly with the lights off I mean maybe you're picturing it's uh, some male stud you like, but I like I, this is the it's the most well lubricated <laughs> asshole I've ever. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess there's a physical difference, but you know, you're assuming these guys are very experienced. I don't know, my high school, they, would they really know the know. difference? It's making me uncomfortable. I feel like when you're a teenager, you'd fuck most anything and be happy about it. If you're a guy, if you're a teen, if you're like a 17 year old boy, you'd probably fuck anything and be kind of happy with it. Well, there are people like if you want to find it, you could Google like chick fucks a dog, and there's a chick fucking a dog. Right? How about if you Google it on your computer and then you show me like the best one so I don't have it on my search history forevermore with the NSA? I just one day when they come down on dog fucks. That's got to be drugs, right? No one just fucks a dog. Uh, well, I, don't, I mean, no. I, don't, I think it's that sounds For like... pleasure. No, that sounds really bizarre. There's enough people in this world and good-looking people. I think that seems like it would take a ranking. So here's the thing, Matt. Here's what I want to know. So Lil Duvall, she's taking a lot of shit from the trans community. Then all the politically correct people are saying how horrible this is. And, and the trans are saying, like, you know, we get beat up ten times or violently assaulted ten times more than het, het set, whatever, heterosexual, normal uh, gender people. Cisgender. Yeah, and how they don't, people don't understand it. So this is the worst thing you could possibly say is, like, just because you had sex with this person, then you found out they're a guy and you're going to beat them up. This is, like, one of the things we really fear and really takes place all the time. But it seemed to me a majority of people I read, and I have to read the comments and talk to other people, seem to think this is pretty normal male behavior that if you slept with a chick and then she told you afterwards that she used to be a man that you might become sort of violent violently aggressive at that point well can't first of all can't everyone be wrong in this situation oh yes uh if you're fucking a trans person yes uh if you claim you're not aware of that there's something amiss you're lying right because it's you know no one's that convincing uh, the, well, ha- the hands and the feet alone yeah but uh, yeah. honestly have you never had sex with a woman and not really totally remembered what she looked like um, <laughs> maybe <I don't> <laughs> that's <laughs> rhetorical that's more rhetorical I know you have I mean there are times after the bar or after somewhere else when you've had sex with a woman and you kind of remember what she looked like and maybe you run into her like a week later and she looks completely different than you were kind of remembered so in this scenario of Duvall yes. he sort of the next morning sort of peeks under the sheets and is like yeah that 
You know, that looks like a sort of fabricated vagina. Like I just No, no, I think that here's a scenario. You have sex with this woman, you go home from the club where Lil Duval hangs out. Some you ever seen the crying game? No. Okay. Well, the crying game they use well, I forgot the actri- actress's name Kate is Kate Beckinsale? No. Okay. Never uh, mind. Guy, the British actress. But anyhow, but she looks it's a it's a tranny. It's supposed to play it's supposed to play in the movie, but it's played by um, a dude, Ray something, something Ray. Oh. Uh, he's a, in the, very, the whole point is at the beginning of the movie, he's a hot-looking chick. So everyone in the theater thinks it's a hot-looking chick. So when, he, when she drops her drawers and she has a dick, the whole theater screams. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot, you literally cannot tell. And the idea is that her boyfriend can't tell either. And he vomits. In the scene, he vomits. You've seen the pet detective. Uh, uh, <laughs> you've seen the Jim Carrey. Yes, that's a great movie. That's that's a, that's I haven't a, seen the Oscar winner you mentioned. But yeah, I, no, well, that's him make, when he takes a plunger to his face. He's in the shower. <laughs> that's the, uh, you know, the uh, satirical look at that scene from The Crying Game. Because in The Crying Game, the guy actually, like, when he sees a dick, goes and vomits in the, in the, in the toilet. Because he's, ha- he's just been lusting and having sex with this. I don't know, man. Like, I tend to, if I have sex with someone... Inspect their genital region. I mean, I feel really, like, uh, really, you get like the, the like the little flashlight on your head, the like coal miners thing, and do a full OBGYN speculum no, work, workup. You know what's. You know I what's think. There. I think here's the thing. I would say you've had drunk sex before, so you understand that there's times where you don't really know what's going on completely. And I'm not saying that you know. I'm not saying that you would fuck Caitlyn Jenner and not know that a six three, broad shoulder, two hundred forty pound person with hands that were wrapped around your throat and choking you out was a dude. But you know, a little twink and it's late, dark, and you're on fucking ecstasy. I, I could see that happening. Um, I, I suppose, like it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility. But, but then you'd be hanging out at clubs when you knew it was going. On. Anyhow, here's a point. So hypothetically, if, if the person told you that the next day that they used to be a man, he's saying that he would feel deceived, like I was completely deceived. Like you lied to me and you made me had quote unquote sort of gay sex against my against my will against my consent and therefore I'm going to fucking punch you in the nose. Yeah. Well, so the I think that's I think that might represent. Obviously, obviously it happens because we know from the trans people talking about it that actually happens. Right. I, I would say you might deserve to get beat up. You, you don't deserve to be killed. That's taking it way too far. But. I don't think you even deserve to be beat up, man. Wow. I didn't know that admission was going to come from you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think it's a. I think as much as they're saying this is the most horrendous thing that's ever been said out loud before, I think it actually is a majority opinion. Well, if uh, yeah, probably. Well, look, it's not cool. Like, however you want to respond, because uh, you know most adults don't get beat up all the time. So if no. you, if you find yourself getting beat up as an adult, you, you know you might be doing something to deserve it. At the very least, you're pissing people off. Well, I think most of these uh, tranny assault situations are prostitution related or you know CD activity related. Yeah, it's not as you and I talked about for the show. It's not happening. People aren't jumping trannies at Whole Foods. They're not like in the fucking. They're not in the hummus aisle. And, like, a dude's like, tranny! And everyone, like, piles on and starts pummeling the dude. Because, by the way, half people who work there and half the customers are trannies. So that's not happening. That's a heterosexual male. You would get assaulted. You're, 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 you're the minority in the Whole Foods to begin with. But there, there has to be some kind of double standard here because if, and I don't really agree with this, but I have heard it posited by the sort of neo-left that if Ooh, you... neo-left. <laughs> Coin that. If, you, uh, if you're a guy and you lie to a chick, like say you lie about your income or your job, yes. you tell her you're a producer and you actually you know work at uh, Carl's Jr., that, that that is considered rape. Because, because you're, false pretenses. Yeah, and so I don't see how the trans thing would be. Yeah, or like when that... Uh, those, those situations, which I think are only Lifetime movies, where the twin has sex with the other person without telling them they're the twin... And then they file then they file rape charges against them for not telling them they were the twin. Dude, if I was a twin, I would be committing so many fucking felonies because 
assuming the other twin isn't out of town, couldn't you <laughs> always just say it was the twin? And, and, you know, you get the right lawyer, and they're like, we don't know for sure. Yeah, but you wouldn't be having sex with your twin brother's girlfriend. Yes, I would. Really? But yeah. then you could be accused of rape. Is that, would that be rape in your mind? I wouldn't tell them about it. Why? Well, no, but if she found out. How would she find Here's out? Here's my point, Matt. I think Little Duval is, I think he's on, I don't think, when they say it's the most heinous, outrageous thing ever said, I think it's said by every dude, 80%, 90% dudes everywhere. And I think you, so you said like, uh, people should go to jail if they have a, sec- a STD and they don't tell the other person? Definitely. This is kind of in that same realm, isn't it? Yeah, especially when you're at much higher risk for STDs. Well, forget even the STDs. If you but, used to be a dude and now you're a chick and you're having sex with a dude and you don't tell them, is that the same to you as an STD? Uh, well, no, it's different, but I mean, I, I would say it's along the same lines. Like, you should probably be honest with the person. Someone made a point. Someone was trying to make a point about the Christianity and how if you were a Christian and then you found out you had sex with a dude, you you know, really go against your religion, be go to hell. I'm like, well, you're already a Christian having sex with a tranny, so I'm not sure that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a sp- whatever it may be. But I can see that they, that's like you said, a, a guy lying about his income or his background or his name or whatever and being charged with rape. If you used to be a woman and you're now you're a man, do you think that should be disclosed? Is that a dis- is that a full disclosure thing? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying it should be like legislated, but if you're a decent person, then yeah. Well, the STD thing's kind of legislated. You can sue it. You can sue for it. I'm trapping I mean, you, man, to a logical a- circle, a tranny circle. You and Lil Duvall are going on tour with no, your I mean, anti-tranny uh, thing. Technically, you're probably right, but this. This isn't a pro. This isn't a real world problem. You know? <laughs> no. Well, this woman sued like it's Usher. It's all hypothetical. So I, I don't think I don't think I don't believe in physical violence of any kind, unless I can get a cheap shot on somebody without getting punched back. <laughs> but I, and I don't think obviously he should beat anybody up or kill anybody for sure for lying to them about their sec, you know their their original birth gender. But you, you know if you think people should sue for herpes, I think you should be able to sue for this. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. At, at the very least, you could walk up to him and be like, dude. Not cool. Yes. Do you know, by the way, how much you can get in a civil case by suing a tranny prostitute? There's, there's uh, just oodles of cash to be earned in that situation. Hi, right, Matt. Uh, speaking of uh, prostitutes, uh, this is your new segment where you're going to explain... This I got. This one is going to be the first ever successful Matt explains segment. Right, we've had we've had negative feedback on the first. Yes, mostly segments. from mostly from me and Brian pretending to be somebody else online. <laughs> uh, Matt explains how the fuck Debbie Wasserman Schultz's hair got so greasy. <laughs> so while most people are considering deep, I know how you get upset that people are like not covering like attacks in the Middle East and drone bombings of weddings and hosp- civilian hospitals and things that are going on in Turkey and other places where atrocities are taking place. And all we're talking about is superficial shit in Washington, the most meaningless sideshow shit to divert us from real things that are happening in the world. So when discussing Congress, you immediately brought up the most pressing issue, which is Debbie Wasserman Schultz's <laughs> disgusting, greasy hair. Yeah. So can you please explain how a woman who's in the public limelight gets such disgusting hair? Yeah, so... Uh a little bit of background. I don't understand the various intricacies of the sort of Congress and how it works. Uh, censure. I don't know what that is. Uh, Did you take basic government class in high school? Wasn't that? I, I don't get how Ted Cruz reads the fucking uh, <laughs> cat in the hat and how he's still employed. I don't know how that works. By the way, do they substitute in Alaska? Do they substitute uh, government class and you instead say jerky, how to make jerky? That's what I assume it is. Well, I know, yeah, I know absolutely nothing about U.S. history because they, they didn't teach it. But you can make a mean jerky in a dehydrator? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I, I catch a fish and you should never Salty. catch and release a fish, by the way. You, th- you think that fish is just having a healthy life after that? 
No, I assume they're just eaten by a bird right away. Yeah, they, yeah. they can't even swim yeah. afterwards. Uh, Let's suffocate you for 30 seconds and throw you back in the water. So Schultz went from, first of all, she's a criminal. And she, in, in most socialized countries, would probably be in jail. Um, but she still has a job. For what? For, for diverting the shit from Bernie Sanders, you mean, during the election and yes. other stuff? Yeah. She clearly was a Clinton plant at the DNC, and she did everything she could to make sure Bernie Sanders did not get a fair chance. Yeah, and she was fired by the DNC and then went to work for Hillary's campaign, yes. which I, w- I would almost argue confirms that there was something going on. Um, I don't think anyone argues that she was not completely biased <laughs> towards Hillary Clinton. Well, yeah, but you can't, I think they, I think you what can't they sabotage is, another candidate. Well, I think what the argument at the time was, why not? <laughs> I mean, that seemed to be—I mean, I think everyone knew what was going on, right? It wasn't like a secret— well, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like it came out in a not, huge. Not sca- to me, I don't no, know. No, like you knew about it. Let's put it that way. And the people on the sidewalk picketing with the burning sign seemed to know about it. So it wasn't like a big secret that it was going on. Yeah. Just, it, just nobody cared. Well, did nobody the fucking cared. Supreme Court know about it? I don't know. Can we? Can well, we- it was a private. DNC is a private organization, don't you know? And so, uh, since the DNC didn't care about it, and the top people didn't care about it, then. Nobody really cared about it. Yeah, no one, just no one cared about but it. But get back to her disgusting hair, man, because uh, this is really what I get it to. You seem yeah, like a hair, so her like hair, a hair guy. Uh, so I, I kind of looked at her from uh, like 100 yards away. And I was like, okay, this looks like a reasonably normal woman. Perhaps even uh, somewhat attractive. And then when you In get... An older congress lady kind of way. Yeah. But when you get closer, so her hair was initially incredibly dry. Yes. Like, like it looked like if she bumped into a wall it would just a patch of it would crack tear yes. out of her head yes and so it was like it, donald trump if he had long long fake hair right and so now at this point and i don't know if this is sort of a overcompensation move it's now become incredibly greasy so it went from very dry to <laughs> to just laden with oil it's just shimmering it's shimmering it's like it's like easy e yes i was gonna say jerry curl it looks like jerry curl it looks, it's it? like a jerry curl and i know she lives in florida and the humidity, you know, yes. can uh, wreak havoc on, on on a perm for sure. On a perm, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't use shampoo or conditioner. Uh, you had a. Per- I bet you had permed hair at one point. I did not. No, no, that wasn't on the table. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just you sipping the, sipping the Chardonnay made me think about that. I was accused by my uh, friend, who uh, happens to be a uh, homosexual about uh, highlighting my hair. And I said, ah. no, I, I don't. I haven't done that. And he was like, I th- you're lying. You're completely full of shit. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to bust your bubble here. <laughs> uh, so I think when you use certain products, right? So maybe she fucking dried out her hair way too much with a uh, new conditioner that someone turned her on to or whatever. But then she went the other way, like yes. hard the other way. It's just some sort of glycerol product that, like... <laughs> And you, nobody like said. Uh, here's the thing: when you're powerful, like just like this, let's just say Trump hair again. Like when you get to be powerful enough, she's a pretty powerful person. She's in Congress. She was the head of the DNC. She's got a lot of connections. I don't think people tell you stuff like your hair looks disgusting anymore. I no. think people just stop telling you that because they, you, you, everyone just toadies up to you all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. And also, just like I'm confused by it. I'm sure there are people that know more about hair care than I do, but I maybe they just. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They don't have any anything to offer. It's a bar, it's a bizarre thing. I want to put her in jail almost just for the hair. Do you would so God forbid if if you were dating or if that was your wife, would you prefer the initial incredibly dry brittle hair or yes. the, or the new sort of soul glow 
First, I'd, I'd feel I'd be uh, worried that if I made any comment whatsoever, she would go to like Hillary Clinton hair. <laughs> There'd be like the short haircut, the short sort of butch, older Democrat lady haircut. Yeah. And then I would n- just never get a heart on again. That's what would be my main. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Little Duval would, but I won't. And that would be my main concern. But I think at some point you got to be really careful, uh, as you know, when you're uh, dating a woman to co- make any comments whatsoever about her looks. Yeah. About what she's wearing, about her hair, whatever like that. I mean, really, if, if you want to go through a life and a relationship with a woman peacefully, you really need to lie constantly. Yeah, it's kind of a slippery slope because you also have to notice if they get a haircut at the same time. Well, you, you have to notice that and you got to say, that looks nice. Just say, I mean, how hard is it in life to really just say that looks nice over and over again? Uh, well, I find it pretty painful. But no, well, look, you have a, have you, you've had a grandma before. You always tell your grandma like some, some compliment every time you see her. It's not that hard to lie to a person. If, if someone goes like, "What do you like about it the most?" then you're then you're stuck. <laughs> but they <laughs> women know you're li- they know you're lying. That's all part of the it's all part of the game. So what about the like? Do I look fat in this? No, never. You just say no. No. Why? Here's the thing. Why? Uh, you're a confrontational person, so you probably would say something. I, I strive in my life not to have confrontation for things that are completely not important. Well, no, I would say something like, "Well, I, I don't think the clothes. If you're if you're gaining weight." The, the clothes are neither here nor there. You know what I mean? Here's what's going to happen if but you... you can't say shit like that. Here's what's going to happen. You open the door to criticisms of yourself. And, yeah, uh, and women know a lot more about you than you know about them in terms of critical critical things to say. Right. So now you've opened the door to like, we're going to have the relationship. We're going to comment on each other's what we're wearing and, and how we look. And you're not, you, it's, your life will be hell from there for there, there forever. Just leave it, leave it out. Very, very true. That's wise. That's wise uh, thing. So, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, I went. Yeah, if you put like your, if she like run your hands through my hair, like if she's getting kind of horny and says run your hands through my hair, you're like, I, uh, no, I need like a glove, like a fry person <laughs> glove, something like that. It is kind of disgusting, but you're totally avoiding the fact that she hired like these uh, this uh, weird. The weird Pakistani, fraudulent Pakistani family, like six of them, and gave them like six figure salaries to work her computer, to work her computer systems, and then even after they were arrested for criminal fraud, kept paying, kept paying them money. Yeah, she's so incredibly sketchy that her actual life sounds like like the plot to like a Jason Bourne movie, where you'd be like, well, that I mean, that doesn't really happen, right? Jason Bourne she's was literally that hair. person. Jason Bourne, long, greasy, Jerry curled hair. You, but how much of it is Florida, like? Florida is just a disgusting, disgusting, <laughs> just a disgusting place. Do you know what we haven't discussed is if, if her hair looks like that, imagine what her... Yes, I know. What her vag... Ah, uh, oh, uh, you think she made the hair, the drapes match the curtains in terms of the, the, the product? I feel like she may have transplanted her pubic hair onto her head, so I think you kind of like her, though, by the way, because you keep bringing up sexual matters related to her. <laughs> I've never looked at her and thought sex... And that's not a lot. There's not a lot of women within a certain age range you look at and don't think sex at all. But she's one of those women who like you just you now. Well, no, it's you want to take her. I want to listen. I actually want to hear her policy issues. Full disclosure: I, I was trying to figure out if she was a guy. Really? Because I, I think it's yeah. You're pulling back on that possible. stuff. That was a great uh, hair hair. We should get a hair advertiser, Brian, to work into these pro- or into these things. Something like this sounds like a, this whole segment runs like the worst native ad ever produced. <laughs> Uh, Matt, we have an email from Wesley. Uh, I know you're a big George Clooney fan. You wish your life was like George Clooney's. You're hosting parties, hanging out with the Obamas. I'm a huge Clooney fan. I think he's a national treasure. Uh, I kind of like... Here's the thing. I kind of like Clooney, and I kind of even admire the fact that he's conceded because he just deserves to be. He just deserves to be. Uh, 
Yeah, he's not, I, he's not hiding it. No, and I don't even mind the fact that he just made some odd hundreds of millions of dollars off of tequila, tequila comprehend. Love that, it. That the world absolutely positively did not need it any whatsoever. <laughs> Here's, I decided this at the store like the other day. There should be like a limit to five brands in any product category. Like we don't need more than five options. I was at some organic store and I was looking for tea and there were like 30 different organic tea brands. I'm like, and they all touted, you know, being the best tea and having the most whatever and coming from Nicaraguan mountains where man has not touched in 300 years and all the other sort of shit. We need like four to five of those maybe. We don't need 30 of those. I agree. I, I've also noticed in my, in my sort of uh, musings while in the grocery store, it's insane how much people love booze. So there, yes. are, there are probably, there's like two kinds of lettuce, right? Yes. Maybe three. What would you guess? How many kinds of wine, beer, and liquor are there? Oh, like 500? Yeah. I mean, just I was just going to say just tequilas. There are probably 25 tequilas at the store. So you don't need booze to survive. You you well sort of need shoes. Let's not, let's not go too. There far. There are more kinds of yes. fucking booze than there are shoes. I think here's the thing, reason why it's because and the reason why Casamigos with uh, Randy Gerber and uh, George Clooney made a billion dollars is it's a po- it's now become a poser thing. Yeah. So you and I are old enough to remember when people drank tequila just to get shit faced, oh, <laughs> like yeah. not care about their life. And now it's become tequila. It's kind of like tied into like your identity or something. Yeah, starting with the vodkas, with all the expensive upscale vodkas. Vodka used to be something that like really poor Russian people drank to fucking burn their stomachs out and die at 50. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it became like the Swedish vodkas and the Finlandias and all this shit like that, where it was triple the price and it was really cool. And so now you have to like have it. You have to have a certain vodka brand. Yeah. As if you could tell the difference between the various vodkas. Now I could tell. The way the Russian, I don't know if you know the old Russian mob, but Smirnoff, the way Smirnoff worked, the biggest vodka producer was, they would basically sell their vodka based on how many times they ran it through the charcoal processor. Right. It was like 28 times. Yeah. So, like, it really cheap stuff had this all sorts of shit in it. Then, if you want to pay a little more, you got stuff that would kill you slower. And then, if you were like a rich Russian commissar, you could buy the stuff that had been moderately filtered so you lived to be 60. I wonder if some of it must be overcompensation because. You're literally putting poison inside yourself, right? Well, you're making shit out of potatoes, okay? You're taking pota- rotten potatoes, and you're like, it's just like, it's just like fucking corn mash. It's just like, you know, rot gut. You're just like finding a way to take rotten vegetable matter and turn it into something that will fucking get you high. Yeah. And kill, and kill you, kill you slow, relatively slowly. But no one wants to just admit that they're like an alcoholic, so they have to be like, oh, this has good fruit flavor. Or they're or even something. just don't like alcohol, but they're completely posing because they feel like they have to drink Casamigos at their party to be cool because George Clooney and fucking Cindy Crawford's husband are pushing it. Right. You don't need how many you don't need more than five different tequilas. In fact you probably only need one tequila and it should be called fucks you up fucks you up tequila. <laughs> That's all you fucking need. Yeah. Everything else should be forced to be called poser you need, tequila. You need like shitty tequila and like special occasion tequila. Yeah or just like the Smirnoff model. Three different brands like Really shitty, slightly shitty, and not so bad. That's, I, was, I have distinct memory in college of buying a gallon of tequila in a plastic jug. Oh, yeah. And what that did to you, it was just like, it worked. It definitely worked. Well, even, even if you're drinking your higher-end tequila, right, no one's drinking it for the flavor. No. I mean, so, like, what are we pretending? Like, the best tequila, by the way, tastes way shittier than, like, a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, which has sugar in it, which people like. Yeah. I, I actually like, I always say this, I like dark beverages, beers, really bitter beers. But I would not say, it like, my, I respond to the same way I would an ice cream sundae. Well, would you be drinking 
No. Would, would anyone no, drink the is, a no. beer if if it didn't have some effect on your brain? No, and I still don't understand how people drank non-alcoholic beer for many years. That still baffles me beyond belief. I fucking hate those people. <laughs> just, I just, I cannot possibly fathom the millions of people who drank whatever the fuck those were called. Oduls. Oduls. The other, they were pop, They sold a lot for well, a while. Well, apparently, th- this was told to me by a, a recovering alcoholic. So, like, with the barley and all that shit in there, there is some alcohol. Yeah, it's like 0.5% or whatever. So, like, the people that drink them are trying to get drunk. They'll drink, like, 30 of them and get, like, a three-beer buzz. Why not just have a regular beer and have, like, four or five of them? Well, they're cowards. Oh, I see. Well, I can see that for your hard alcohol. I kind of remember just, like, dudes in sweaters drinking them to look so they wouldn't look uncool and they would have a beer in their hand. So you had the non-alcoholic beer, and you just look really uncool, really fucking uncool. You deserve... I can't believe a chick would blow a guy that walked around with a fucking... No, you don't have to drink... You don't have... You don't have to drink a cocktail. You don't have to have a beer. You can have fucking any drink you want. In the old days, maybe, like the Don Draper days, you had to have like a club soda of some kind, because people would think you were some kind of... Call you a fag or something like that if you didn't have a cocktail? Yeah, no one's walking up to you being like, where's your where's your drink, man? No, those those days are over now. They used to clean living. They have fucking oxygen bars now. So George Clooney's in Italy with his uh, perfectly PC wife. He's uh, a Amal, Amal, whatever her original name was, I can't remember. Perfect. She was perfect for Clooney because she's kind of hot. She's a world justice Middle Eastern attorney. She's like a United Nations. United Nations, Nations, whatever. She's just, I mean, I could not have picked a more perfect person for Clooney to finally get married to than this Amal chick. Yeah. Because she checked off, like, all every single box she needed. And they just had twins. And here's the thing. I've never understood the need to see other people's babies or children or touch them or hold them or be anywhere near them or listen to them cry or see cute pictures of them. I loved my own kids when they were babies. It was cute for a few minutes. <laughs> but, like, I never had a desire to, like, hold anyone else's child or see other people's baby photos. Yeah, I don't really... It does, it does nothing for me. No. Ironically, I do like seeing their dog photos. <laughs> I do, like, someone gets a new dog, I want to see their photos. But when they have a baby, I'm like, because all babies all look kind of alike. They all basically look alike. Well, I just went to hang out with my uh, friend, one of my best friends from growing up. And I knew that he had children. I know that he has three children, and I've met the children multiple times. Yeah. But for some reason, when I go to hang out with them in my head, I'm not going to be hanging out with the children. Yes. And... Now I'm just like the uncle. Do they make you hold the kids, though? It's very awkward when people make you make you hold their babies. It's just like a strange... And they always giggle when they hold it to a guy, like a guy who doesn't know what to do with the baby. Yeah. It's always, it's always like a lark. The lady's always like, oh, let Matt hold it. Let Matt hold the baby and see how he is with the baby because he's uncomfortable. You're supposed to be uncomfortable with the baby. Why would you be comfortable with the baby? Like, you hold babies all day long? Right. Like, if I like, drop the baby, <laughs> yes, I, yes. I'm it, it might die. So it, why would I be comfortable holding the baby? Like, just on the... I don't know, one in one million percent chance I just have yeah, if you the know, first seizure of my life. If you didn't know. know how to hold a blowtorch, they wouldn't hand you a fucking blowtorch <laughs> and say, yeah, hold the blowtorch, see if you burn the house down. That's really funny. That's a good point. It's some weird, it's some weird shit. People like want you to hold the baby, they want to show the baby. But it's a chick, it's totally a chick thing. Women, I get, when other women have babies, women get like, they start cooing. They make that cooing noise, mm-hmm. that cute cooing noise. There's some weird shit, like they're having labor, they're giving birth to the baby. There's some whole... This whole female clan baby shit going on that men just don't understand. Dude, my sister, I was at her house um, hanging out. The Her daughter was, I don't know, three at the time. So I'm watching The Dark Knight, um, you know, the Batman movie, yes. uh, Christopher Nolan. And uh, she's like, hey, you know, could you, could you tone that down? There's violence in that movie. I'm like... What, so I just watch cartoons now because you have a child? Like, you have a baby. What the fuck are you talking about? They are a bird in those fuckers. 
But uh, not to the cl- well. So here, I'm waiting for the Clooney, the Clooney uh, couple stories about how they don't get sleep at night and have to change the diapers and how hard they work. Although they live in a mansion in Lake Como in Italy and probably have a staff of seven to seventeen people. There's always going to be that. There's after the story about like George, there's always going to be a story about George is a great father. He really he loves at two in the morning when I need help. He's always I'm like fuck that's not happening. Do you know because you're sort of in this this LA parenting scene. So I thought that that's how uh, I think of myself. <laughs> Worst I, I, Facebook group ever. I thought that if you um, to have a nanny, you had to like have a job. No. So there are women now that just have nannies, but they don't do anything. They just stay home all the time. Well, I will say this: in the old days, when people used to live near their families where they grew up. They had like a mom or a sister or aunt who would help out and shit like that. If you live, if you talk about Los Angeles in particular, probably everyone you know as a kid has no family around, right? So they kind of replace them with a Guatemalan illegal immigrant, <laughs> illegal immigrants to help them out. So in that sense, I mean, women have never really raised babies alone. That's always been a myth. You know, women through the generations always lived near their families, so they always had moms or sisters or whatever aunts who helped out. You know, because when you get a baby, you think about it. A woman has a baby in this day and age. There's a good chance she's never fucking taken care of a baby before in her life. Right. Like, it's not like the old days when the women had to take care of the babies and the family and people had eight kids and, you know, all the Catholic shit where they raised all their little brothers. It's very common now that a woman fucking baby comes out of her vagina, put it in her arms, and that's the first baby she's ever held in her life and never taken care of one. <laughs> so I can see it a little bit. In the case of the Clooney's, they hire them just because they want to fucking sleep and they don't want to change diapers. Isn't it insane how many people have babies? And, like, I'm not a fucking professor of, uh, you know, biology or anything, but I've been reading about, you know, how DNA works and... It's pretty nuts, but you wouldn't think you would like, uh, I don't know, like if you're driving a car, don't you kind of wonder how it works? Is it is this sort of a, I know it's kind of abstract, but. You mean in terms of, you're comparing that to having a baby? Well, yeah. Well, you got, I, I, mean, I would think to have a baby, you would be really interested in how the, the process works. You know, I think people don't, there's a book. I remember when we got home with our first kid, we had, all we had was a fucking book. There's a book, like what to raise, literally a fucking book on how to raise, how to take care of a baby. And we kind of looked at each other like, I don't know how to fucking take care of a baby. You know, I'm like, well, how would I know? I don't know. I've never held a, I never, at that point, I'd never held a baby in my entire life. And now I got a baby in my arms. They're like, are you holding it properly? Fuck, how, do, how would I know right. to hold a baby properly? I, I, was, I didn't take care of like three infants. I wasn't like a babysitter. I was a dude. I, didn't, I never took care of kids. And my wife, as it turned out, just didn't take care of kids either. So you got a fucking little nine pound infant in your arms. They're pretty, they're pretty sturdy creatures, but they do need to be taken care of 100%. And you're looking, looking in the index of a book and like, where the fuck does this go? <laughs> what is this, what's, what is this shit coming out of the ass? And how do I stop that from happening? So we live, in, we live in a world now where people, do you think George Clooney's ever fucking changed a diaper in his life? No. No. Maybe, maybe old chicks he's fucking. I don't know. You know what the, the book we had growing up, uh, which I just realized how fucking weird this is to read to a kid. Uh, it was called My Baby You'll Be. Yes. And this was about a... Uh, a man who was raised by his mother. Yeah. And uh, as he got older, the mother got sicker. And at the end of the book, he's taking care of his decrepit, dying mother. Yeah. Isn't that a, kind of a fucking weird thing to show to a five-year-old? Oh, yeah. I, was, I thought you were going to say how ironic it was. Because when people get older, they're like babies again. So I think that's have, the point. You'd, yeah. have to change diaper, you'd have to change diapers and feed them again. Right. <laughs> that does circle, it does circle like old riddle sphinx. Do you, sphinx. Do you want to be thinking about that when you're five? Uh, you, got, you got your whole no, life. No, I want to be thinking room. about what gender I am. <laughs> I want to be discovering what kind of gender I am. Okay, so here's the thing with Clooney. Let's get away from the nannies. All right, sorry. Uh, by the way, if you ever have a child, Matt, uh, if you ever discover the, the joys of fornication and have a child, 
uh, the first thing you're going to want to get is a nanny. Just absolutely positively. If you can afford it, and by the way, you can because of thank you, Central America, you're going to want to get someone to do like some of the heavy lifting for you because here's the option. If it's not, if it's not her, the nanny, it's you. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Like for all your principles and common man, blue collar bullshit, what it comes down to is someone has to be up at 2 a.m. and also someone has to be fucking changing shit out of fucking diapers and cleaning legs and someone's got to be fucking walking the baby down to meet the other fucking babies and it's either her or you and that's when you fucking go go Ecuador Ecuador where are you <laughs> I mean I didn't need a lot of convincing but it's well, another it, reason to not uh, have a baby well in the old days guys didn't the guy, guy my, my dad fucking never took care of babies guys, guys didn't take care of babies so it wasn't, they didn't care if they had a nanny or not because of them it wasn't like more work Right. but now that you're expected to do 50-50 or whatever 40-60 Nanny just means less work for you, which is why every guy should be in favor of them. So it's just I think I think of the nanny the same way I think of a gardener, right? If you had a house, everyone in LA, no one fucking mows their own lawn. There's there's somebody from another country who will do it for four four dollars an hour because you know the other option is you know you're out there fucking mowing lawn. Have you mowed a lawn before? Yeah, yeah, it sucks. There's just <laughs> nothing good about it. In the movies, it looks good. I was just thinking that you know. Um Nanny is sort of, uh, by definition, uh, I guess, a, a female. Uh, I was thinking they maybe, have male nannies. Maybe she should get like a male nanny. But then I was like, oh, what a horrible idea. Nothing good can come from that. They have uh, male nannies. Now they're called mannies. Oh, really? Yes, they do. By and large, it's, they're, I mean, they, they really should be gay because if you're letting a straight man take care of your, <laughs> take care of your no, child. No, I don't trust. I no. wouldn't even trust a gay guy. Uh, they're super gay. If they're super gay and they're wearing some sort of women's clothing, I think it's possible. I mean, it's not like middle of the ball. You have to have sex with them. But, you know, they t- they're, they, if they love babies, because men generally don't love babies. There just aren't many men who are baby crazy. Like, you got to be baby crazy to do all that shit to take, to take care of babies and not be grossed out by it. Yeah. If you're a baby crazy, you just ignore all that stuff. That's why women do all that stuff, and they, like, they love changing diapers because they're so crazy about the whole process. Whereas a guy just sees fucking cleaning up shit. So. Yeah, it, wasn't that the premise of Three Men and a Baby? I've never seen that movie. Oh, but. 80s movie reference, Matt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Tom Selleck, uh, uh, Ted, Ted, Ted oh, Danson, Ted Danson, and uh, the guy from uh, Cocoon, uh, uh, Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he's still around, too, isn't he, somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Steve Gutenberg. Uh, yes, uh, men generally don't like to get, they have, but you have to now, so get a fucking nanny. Here's the thing. The Clooney's. They're living in their little mansion in, in Italy, one of their many mansions, and uh, a paparazzi uh, jumped over their fence, climbed, scaled their fence, they need a better fence, a tree by their fence, and took photos of their baby infant twins. They always have twins because they're all doing in vitro, of course. Right, right, right. Because I don't know, she's like 39 or 40, he's 56, I think, or something like that. Old sperm, old eggs. Uh, and then they published it in a French magazine, and, it's, you know, and, and Clooney says he's going to prosecute the shit out of the, uh, the paparazzi. Apparently, he has prosecutorial discretion in the country of Italy. <laughs> Imagine he's probably the most loved guy in Italy, in all of Italy, because he's just such a cool, liberal, progressive, handsome movie star yeah. who lives in a fucking Lake Como mansion, probably has hella parties like for the local police and shit like that. I've always wanted to say with a straight face, I own the police. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he, he yes. can do that. He probably could file charges if he wanted to, like in, in the Italian courts. Uh, he's also going to sue the shit out of these people. And it, so they published a photo. I don't know if you saw the photo. Just Clooney and his wife walking. They each have a baby in their, in their hands. And Clooney looks kind of fat, which is probably the most embarrassing part of the story. <laughs> but, you know, he's 56. He's, not, he's just he's dad bod fat. 
Um, you know, big surprise. Doesn't look as good as he does in the movies. He no. might not ever make another movie again. He fucking just made a hundred million bucks off Tequila. He, I don't think he, made, he he might direct more movies. He likes directing shitty movies. The movies he directs <laughs> are pretty. He's like Angelina Jolie. The movies he makes himself are really shitty. The ones that like he sells out and makes makes for other people are really good. That's pretty fucked up though to 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 climb the fence and you know photograph them. You get I, it's hard for me to express to you how much money you get paid for those photos and how you would be doing the same thing. I mean literally those photos 100,000, dollars maybe for that photo. Wow. It's insane how much money you get for baby photos. And you and I have in the last 10 minutes explained how we don't care that much about babies. Women have this weird thing where they have to see famous people's babies. They like literally have some heart palpitations and will die if they don't see like Beyonce's babies or the Clooney babies. And when they publish it in magazines, they get like 10x normal sales. Huge all, amounts of money. It's not like the baby looks like Clooney. Like, there's white baby, olive baby, fucking black baby. Like, you know, yeah. there's like four yeah, babies. Yeah, you describe Madonna's, Madonna's family. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're right. They all look the same, but that's not the point. That's what you see as a man with your male gaze, Matt. What women see is fucking baby. I see baby. It's like, it's like us seeing like fucking... Uh, you know, uh, somebody naked, some hot model naked. It's the same thing as tits. It's like tits to men. Like you're going to see, you know, whoever your hottest favorite favorite model is. If all of a sudden she's naked for the first time, topless in a, in a magazine, you're going to look. For women, right. tits are babies. <laughs> ironically, uh, well, well, and there's some weird postpartum partum thing where they they feel like they they're connected to the baby somehow. Like they gave birth to the babies. That's the best way I can explain it. Like they have to see the babies, make sure they're okay, and. What they look like and how they're dressed and like how they're doing. So weird. It's some weird fucking vaginal woman thing. Do you have that kind of thing? Maybe it's like a puppy. Is that would that be? If someone told me similar? they had, if someone told me they had puppy pictures, I'd probably have to see them. If someone told me they had like naked, I don't know who who were hot actresses. I can't think of someone now, but if, you know some SI model. I would probably have to see those. But it's not like the chicks are getting a. It's not like they're getting aroused looking at the baby. You're wrong, Matt. You're totally wrong. You're so wrong. You don't see you don't understand arousal for women. <laughs> there is a biological thing, a reaction women get when they see other people's babies. So we were talking about the coo noise earlier. Mm. That's a sexual noise, Matt. It's that coo thing is a sexual noise. That's a noise men make when they walk in the strip clubs. <laughs> it's like when they've entered their palace, their their their, their dreamscape. Uh, and so these paparazzi, I feel kind of bad for these guys because they're all they're, these are not the rich guys. These are fucking poor scraper buyers. Yeah, and they're trying to make money for their. I mean, you know, stupid argument people were making online about how like Clooney's for open borders with the U.S. and Mexico, and so he doesn't deserve to tell people they can't climb his fence to get money to make money for their families when he's telling Mexicans they can come and do that. Seems pretty stupid to me. That's a, that's a really far stretch. But isn't the real people? Isn't the real person to blame here the women who just fucking have to see other people's babies that causes? It's like drugs. It's the same thing as drugs. Like. Why do we have heroin and cocaine rushing in this country? Because there's a unquelled, unquenchable demand for the product. These people are just giving these women what they must have, what they want to see. Right. And, and the guy's climbing a fence. He could die on the fence for this shit. I mean, he might go to jail for this shit. But ultimately, it's because people want to see the fucking babies. Yeah. That's I not mean, a question so much. As, uh, as I mean, uh, you know, if, if he's getting paid 150 Gs, then clearly, you know, there's a lot bigger market than... Than that. Do you have a right to shoot people in your trees when they're taking pictures of your baby? Would Clooney have the right to get out of his rifle he doesn't own and shoot shoot somebody? I, I don't know. I, I would, if someone ever broke into my house, I would have no problem shooting him. I don't own a gun, though. Now, Alaska, Florida, stand your ground. Would you stand your ground? 
Well, I wouldn't pick a fight with someone and then murder them. Alaska, would you give them some of your jerky? Your dehydrated jerky. You no. know what they make is reindeer uh, sausage. It's sick. Oh, oh that sounds good. Uh, I've actually eaten reindeer sausage before. Um, there's some of, the thing about reindeer and ox and other like northern climate animals, they have a funky, a very funky taste. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. It's yeah. also a strange image because, um, you know, where I grew up was in, uh, in my earlier years, North Pole, Alaska, which uh, is not the literal North Pole, obviously, but it's, you know, fairly close. And uh, the whole... Uh, it's cold. It's freezing. The whole theme of the town is uh, Santa Claus-related. Oh, Christmas. God, that fucking sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. The uh, light poles are giant candy canes. Yeah. Uh, all of the streets are named after the various reindeers. Um, but then it's a strange message to eat the reindeer sausage, because it's like, are we celebrating these uh, beasts? Are we uh That wouldn't bother me at all, if I like, because I, I love eating meat. But I am going to send some Jew uh, ACLU lawyers up there to stop that Christmas shit. You know, they're called muskox, too, because they fucking smell horrible. Yeah, musk comes from below the testicles. It's released. It's a pheromone that's released by the testicles of those animals. Yeah. It's musk. It's what guys fake musk they put on themselves with their cologne and body sprays. That's what Axe is. It's a fake musk scent. Right. So they used to use real musk. The guys with real musk on it attracts women, apparently. Why would you want to smell like a fucking muskox? It's some. It's a pheromone shit, dude. I don't know. It makes women crazy. It's musk. Musk for men. It's musk for men. <laughs> they use a chemical replacement for it, but it's supposed to create the same. You know, women. The female ox smell the musk, and they fucking get in the, going to heat. You see, you see human women getting all hot and horny around fucking muskox and buffalo and shit. Uh, no, but I see. But it's kind of a poorly thought. In the out. axe body spray commercials, they do. They go. They go nuts. <laughs> Have you smelled axe before? Yes, yeah, disgusting. It's it really disgusting. But the ladies seem to love it in the commercials. All right, so I, I feel bad. This is the one I've told you before. The one time I feel bad for rich celebrity people, uh, the one time is when their privacy is invaded constantly because they really like. I, it's like a deal with the devil, I guess. But they really and, and Clooney's not like an over exhibitionist type person, right? I mean, he shares things publicly, but he's not like a Kardashian. And when they have guys climbing their fence, it's a one you really cannot lead a normal life anymore. You're famous when like. Millions of women have to see your fucking newborn babies. Right, right. And they're sending over a fucking paparazzi over your trees. Dude, that's the one time I feel bad for these people. Well, there should be some kind of... I, I have no idea how it works in Italy or, or uh, here for that matter. But, you know, there should be some sort of uh, ethical uh, agreement to not publish those photos if they're taken without the person's consent. Well, uh, the, like Us Weekly and uh, all these people all agreed a few years ago. I think I forget who the celebrity was, but she went out and like... Maybe when all the celebrities sign up saying a protest, they'll never be your magazine if you ever post kid photos again. And they all informally agreed they would not post kid photos again. And I think it lasted for like a year, eight months to a year. And then they realized, fuck it, these kid photos make us so much money. You go look at the, look at the uh, checkout stand next time you're in the grocery store. You'll see baby photos yeah, all over the place. Yeah, it's all heavily, heavily kid. It's, it's a weird related. form of middle-aged woman pornography that I don't want to get into anymore. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I know you're a big Lady Gaga fan and also a huge Kesha fan. This story may offend you in multiple places. By the way, Kesha is now looking like an old Barbara Streisand. There's some weird thing going on. I think she's only 31, but she's just resembling Barbara Streisand more and more and more, an old yeah, Barbara it's, Streisand. It's, it's reminding me of like a Stephen King novel yes. where the person lies about being raped and then somehow they start prematurely aging or something. Yeah, or like a gypsy curse, some kind of gypsy yeah, curse. Yeah, like thinner. <laughs> yes, like thinner. It's basically what's happening. Today. The opposite, I think, with Kesha. 
So timeline timeline wise, so Kesha in 2012 accused Dr. Luke of drugging her and raping her on multiple occasions. By the way, I went back and looked, not just once, but multiple occasions. Oh, I didn't know that she claimed it happened on multiple occasions. Yeah, thoughtful lover. Um, and then there was a whole case, and then you know, Dr. Luke said put up or shut up, and then she did the testimony where she contradicted herself and sworn testimony, saying that didn't really it didn't really happen. Of course, so there were no rape charges filed. Uh, but yet Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga and all these people jumped to her defense. But Kesha still kept saying that Dr. Luke raped her, singing songs about it at parties, wherever she could go. She was mentioning the rape thing, even though it was discounted in her own testimony. So Dr. Luke finally, I don't want to, here's the thing, I hate to make a music producer out to be a good guy in any case whatsoever, because they are the scum of the earth. They're literally the scum of the earth. Right. It's just like, they're really almost, as a class of professionals, there really is no people worse than music industry people. Well, just, I mean, we got to discriminate between your your sort of uh, butch vigs of the world, your your uh, talented guys, and Dr. Luke, who makes fucking trash too. Well, uh, I will argue with her on that because he makes trash. He makes trash for people to make a lot of money off his trash, I and mean, he's trying to make trash. Right, but, but he's doing Teenage Dream with Katy Perry or whatever. He's not trying to fucking do some fucking tome that's going to be passed down through generations, but it's going to sell 15 million copies. He's going to make everyone famous with a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying we should differentiate. Let's not throw all music producers under the bus. Well, and he's also never been convicted of a crime or, like, no one ever said he raped them before. Now there's all these little innuendos about how maybe he did bad things before, but nothing that's ever been adjudicated for sure. So, uh, finally, uh, Dr. Luke. By the way, I have a new theory I want to introduce before I do the cash rape story. I want to uh, uh, virtually uh, rape culture this by saying when you're in a, par- a crowded parking lot, somebody knows, uh, and you're waiting for a spot for somebody who's getting in their car, like leaving the store, getting in their car. Yeah. If it's a guy, they will be out in 17 seconds. Yeah. yeah. If it's a woman, seven to ten minutes. There's seven. There's a period. They get in the car, they close the door. You're like, all right, I'm taking that spot, and you're waiting. People waiting behind you, and there's a good seven to ten minutes before the back. Yeah. The first that's like on. their me time. It's just what's going. Is like, when someone's. <laughs> oh, what do they do? I like taking a nap, just a little masturbation, maybe like checking their iPhone calendars. Assessing like the you know the, the the navigation systems on their cars. It's a general just aloofness, right? Because I if I know that someone's waiting for that spot, I can't enjoy sitting in that car. Like I I have no. to move. Right and also, what do you have to do in the fucking car? I mean, you have put your keys in, you look backwards, and you you pull out. What are you doing? Like, what kind of organization are you doing? is that? The time to clean, like to start vac- mini vacuuming your car while someone's waiting for you. I don't know what's going on there. I like to know what's going on. Back to rate, Matt. Uh, so Dr. Luke finally said, defamation case, you got to stop saying this shit, I'm suing you for untold amounts of money. So they uh, tried to get, so apparently after Kesha alleged, first alleged Dr. Luke raped her, she started conversing with Lady Gaga, who is the go-to rape, go-to rape pop star. Because uh, not only has she vaguely claimed about rape in her own past, without mentioning names, uh, like every single other cele- female celebrity, uh, but she actually sings a song about campus rape that's very popular. <laughs> Yeah, it's called Until It Happens. Yes, where she lights the piano on fire and starts banging her hands and, and acting out the frustration of a co-ed rape victim. I didn't know it was about college rape. Uh, it was you know, it was done for the uh, something for about college rape protests. It doesn't have to be. Matt, if you're raped outside of college, you can be your song as well. But it was specifically around the time that Obama said like 25% of people were being raped in college. Right. And uh, the Virginia rape case and Rolling Stone and stuff like that, which... Unfortunately, it wasn't true. Um, and so Kesha, uh, so Lady Gaga and Kesha exchanged text messages about the Dr. Luke subject. Dr. Luke's lawyers are trying to get the text messages. They've been trying for six months. Finally, Lady Gaga turns over the text messages, but they're heavily redacted. I love the word redacted, by the way. 
What's the word I should use? Like, anytime you're in trouble with somebody, like your girlfriend or anyone else, just redact your answer. <laughs> just like, yeah, that portion of where I was last night is redacted. I'm sorry. I wasn't yeah. answering my text last night for six hours. Uh, that's redacted where I was. Yeah, it's such a bullshit move. Like, someone forces you to fucking hand over information and you go, okay, but I'll just black all. Black. It's like, okay, yes. well, if you, that kind of defeats the purpose. Yes. When you scribble over it in fucking black ink. It's not like you have CIA operatives in Romania's names in there. You're redacting for the safety of everybody involved. Right. You're clearly redacting for a purpose. Lady Gaga says she's redacting information because it was irrelevant. She decided it was irrelevant to the case. It was too personal and nobody needed to see it, which is kind of like not your, it's not your position to make that decision. Like, I, feel, I feel like she sounds pretty pretty guilty. She sounds pretty sketchy. Why would you redact shit, first off? Second off, why would you wait so long to do it? So now they're saying, we need, you, we need you to go on the record, and we need a deposition from you. So just like Kesha, when she went on sworn testimony and fucking un, you know, sort of undenied the fact that Dr. Luke raped her, it's really important to get people on sworn testimony. So you want to get Lady Gaga talking about the text that she's not turning over to see if, you know, Kesha said something like, uh, by the way, he didn't really rape me, but you know this guy's an asshole, so let's just pretend that he raped me. Right. Like, something like that would be relevant to the, <laughs> relevant to the case. And if it, she didn't have that information, why would she be so hard to nail down for this testimony? She's not doing this shit. Here's the point, Matt. So, uh, like, the sort of m- normal newspaper outlets are going, like, Lady Gaga refusing to testify in Kesha def- rape defamation case. And then Huff Poe on uh, I Love Hollow Giggles, all the other ones, all the, all the ladies, all the lady audience uh, magazines and outlets are saying, Lady Gaga takes a stand against rape culture by refusing to testify in the Kesha case. It's just like the biggest double standard there ever was because clearly what she's doing is refusing to testify, refusing to honor a subpoena in an in a informational thing on a case. We know Kesha already lied about the rape. How is she advancing the cause of women in the rape culture yeah, I, w- I would think if you had the information that he had committed a crime, you would be, you know... She would have turned that over already. You'd be trying to share it. I think, she, I think we can assume, presume that's not the case because she would have turned that over already by herself. I mean, you'd be chomping at the bit. You'd, you'd yes. be like, here's... Yes, you, nothing would, you wouldn't even require a fucking subpoena. Like, no. You would have just volunteered that. You'd want to testify and say she called me after she was raped and she was crying and he raped her. So what's going to happen... Now, well, so they went to court to compel her to show up to testify. Uh, she's claiming she's on her Joanne World Tour is beginning. She's too busy to testify. You know, you know, music artists are too busy to do shit. So they said, "Look, you have a six day stop in L.A. and a six day stop in New York. We will come to you mm-hmm. to your hotel room and we will take it there." And she says they can't find a time and all this shit like that. So they finally went to court. They're trying to get a judge to compel her to force her to testify. Here's my here's my biggest issue. Is it no wonder this whole rape culture thing bothers me a lot? We talked about Mattress Girl last week. Is it no wonder with like major media outlets that have a generally female audience demographic are seeing stories like that where they're framing the entire story really falsely as a stand for women's rights and anti rape culture by Lady Gaga refusing to testify? What's a poor woman to do, Matt? I don't, I don't know. For, for some reason, I have the sneaking suspicion that she will sort of. Um face no repercussions for this oh, no. sort of unlawful, no. obvious bullshit behavior. No, she's Lady Gaga. She's going to fucking take her piano out, light it on fire, and sing, I've been raped again. Raped again. So, rape is a very powerful tool, Matt. I don't know if you know this. I mean, this is interesting, though. Like, this, this is almost like the plot to a movie. Like, th- these are two, you know, fair... I mean, Lady Gaga is one of the, the most famous uh, musical artists in the world. Made $75 million last year. And she's... We don't know for a fact, but she looks like maybe conspiring to sort of smear this guy 
And, well, she's with, withholding. At least with, it looks like she's withholding information. Well, you can't. Isn't that fucking perjury or something? Uh, no, it's only uh, no. Uh, it's only perjury if you say say something on, on your te- sworn testimony that it turns out to be false. But if the if the uh, but she could be found in contempt. She could be found in contempt for cont- not. That's the word I was trying to think of. Yeah. because so, when the when the court system tells you you need to you know come forward with information and you don't do it that's that's contempt right you would be surprised how a powerful team of attorneys can drag that out shit out forever and ever right, right. and also even even for even squash quash quash the subpoena by saying by going to court and proving that she's not relevant to the case and saying she's a famous person they're just trying so famous people get called to testify in a lot of cases mm-hmm. a lot of times their attorneys go like look they're just trying to get publicity out of this you know having this famous person associated with the case it's kind of stupid because the case is already infamous already, and Kesha and Doctor Luke are big names already. So it's not like it's some podunk case, and they're trying to get Lady Gaga involved. Like in those, so like the paternity cases, like they'll say, you know, some uh, George Clooney got to show up to give it blood to prove that you know my baby, you know, my baby was not sired by you. Mm-hmm. They'll generally say like, no, Clooney doesn't have to do that. You know, you got to go beyond that. So they're gonna have to show like some way that Ke- that Lady Gaga's testimony is pertinent to the case. And they're going to argue, or attorneys will argue from her high powered law firm, they'll probably golf with, the ju- <laughs> golf with the judge, that look, she has nothing to add to this. She's going to ruin her reputation and she's got to take time from her tour. It's going to cost her millions of dollars. But I would think just by virtue of having the text exchanges combined with the fact that, that she redacted a bunch of it, that isn't that like probable cause or whatever? Matt, this is like a great or, uh, a Law and Order episode where you and I <laughs> arguing in court over this. I don't know the cases, I only know the hypocrisy of this. And the fact that it's, the way it's being shaped in the media is like Lady Gaga. There's no way within the rape culture context to not shape anything anyone does, even lying about rape as a victory, as like some sort of blow against men. <laughs> blow against men. Right. I mean, how are how is Taylor Swift giving this girl money and, and Lady Gaga back back texting hashtag free Kesha all this shit when they know that she's lying she's lying about the underlying rape charge? I mean, Doctor Luke may be a fucking total fucking skeezy guy. I don't know. But he, clearly he didn't rape her or whatever she said he did. How can they not just say, like, look, Kesha, fuck it, you're ruining the rape for the rest of the rest. No, no, no. It's, it's like we're living in a fucking alternative reality. Like, it's... <laughs> people can just spread misinformation and it's it's reported as though it's, it's and the there's no. And by, and by the way, something you mentioned, uh, I remember everything you ever told me, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go, like, take some... I'm going to find a drug, like, in the, that uh, mission in the Schwarzenegger movie, Total Recall, where you can get rid of that stuff. They can wipe your brain, wipe your brain clean. Oh yeah, I want to get that so I can forget everything you ever told me. But for now, I remember everything you ever told me. And you told me that rape is the one crime where you can falsely accuse somebody, and there's no repercussions for it whatsoever. Yeah, you can just throw it out there. Although Doctor Luke is suing her for it, so there you go. Uh, I should unforget that. Well, right he's now. spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and getting nowhere. He's not gonna get anything. All right, for our final segment, I'm going to go to an email, Matt. Carrie uh, wants to know, we're going to talk about sexism now. I know sexism is one of your favorite subjects. I think you majored in sexism in college <laughs> at Evergreen. I just want to say, I wish you'd gone to Evergreen. That'd be great. <laughs> Did you ever visit Evergreen College? Yeah, I had a couple chicks I know that went there. It's widely mocked in uh, the state of Washington. What would, how would you just generally describe the ladies who go to Evergreen? Hairy armpits. Um, it's like a cheap boxy Berkeley. jeans. It's like a sort of like a poor man's Berkeley or something. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Berkeley has a lot of credibility as an institution. It's it's not like uh, 
Oh, you know, the president of General Motors went to Evergreen. You know, like, no, you, you never but I mean, it's like a granola, like crunchy, protesty kind of place. It's you said hairy armpits. That's what I'm imagining. It's just people, you know, going on their parents' dime to talk. Bullshit. We got we got to stop. I mean, if I'm gonna, if I can do anything in my life, I'm going to stop people from going to college. It's just, <laughs> just so like 20 percent of the people who go to college should really be going to college. I learned a lot of good stuff in college. It, it didn't come in handy. It was a complete waste of money. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you can't go. I'm saying we should stop the push that everyone has to go to college. Yeah, because clearly not everyone should be going to college. And not everyone's benefiting from it, but everyone's paying for it. Which is a really odd thing because there aren't that many products in this world where, like, everyone, including the government and everybody you know and everyone in your family, everyone in your high school, is telling you you should buy it, even though it's really not necessary and it's expensive and it's going to put you in debt. Except for, co- except for college. It's like, uh, you know, it's an old school thing. It used to be like, you know, go to college, it's this big accomplishment. But then when you go to college, you realize, like, half the people. I mean, I went to the University of Washington, which is, you know, an upper tier university. And half the people in the college were completely fucking retarded. So it's it's really not that much of an accomplishment. Because people are going there, to, they're largely partying, right? They're, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. They're living on their own. They're kind of avoiding real work. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And, yeah, and they're they're doing what teenagers do. They have parties. What do teenagers do when their parents are gone? They have parties. That's exactly what they do. If anything, if nothing else, college should be put off for like a few years till you're a little older. When you might appre- when you might appreciate it a little bit more, or be a little little more wound down in your life, you gotta yeah. I mean, to look at the sort of caliber of of um, person, I remember being at the uh, at the university. I was walking in the sort of courtyard area, quad or whatever, and this girl goes, uh, "Hey, can you vote for me for homecoming queen?" And I was like, "What? Are you in high school? What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> so, like an adult woman running for homecoming. I was like, "What? What the fuck is happening?" Can you imagine uh, when you're 18 that some, a bank would give you a loan for 50 grand for, for anything? <laughs> they would give you. They would give you if you went to start like a construction business. There's no way in fuck they give you 50 grand, 100 grand, 150 grand. You could get a government loan at zero percent, delayed 15 years to get a, start your own trucking business. But if you want to go study fucking the theory of music arts, at, like Evergreen. <laughs> They'll give you a hundred grand to put yourself in debt. That's to go a good ahead and point. Well, I think it's going to come out that this might just be like a massive conspiracy. Like uh, Harvard, for example, is just like a massive endowment, like an investment bank. Yes, but they also have like a small college that they run. Well, they've shown they've shown they've done studies where they've shown that the rate, the rapid rise of the rates of cost of college is related to the fact that there's so much loose money going into it. Mm-hmm. There's so much cap. There's so much bank money going in, lo- easy loans going into it. That's sort of like the housing bubble was like 10 years ago, was when you give people like that shouldn't be buying houses, like here's $800,000 mortgage to buy a house you can't possibly pay down, that people will buy lots of houses and blow a lot of money. And that's sort of what college is now. You can go, anybody can really get the money and the loans to go to college now. So everyone's going, and then they're walking away four years later with 100 grand in debt and a journalism degree from SUNY Binghamton. <laughs> I think it's also the only type of loan that you like can't default on. Like, there's some sort of special caveat about that. No, I have this theory. So I have this theory uh, that I'm working that uh, Trump's not going to get money for the wall. So he's going to force all the people with student loan debt <laughs> to go work down at the border and build the wall. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. Like, hey, uh, I noticed you owe 63 grand. So here's the thing. Uh, you're going to work for uh, 18 months down the construction on the wall on the Mexican border. 
Sorry, buddy. Uh, actually, that wouldn't even surprise me that happened. Okay, so here's Blake Lively. Do you know who Blake Lively is, Matt? I know you didn't. We started off by you not knowing who Ryan James Dio was. Uh, Blake Lively. She was um, the chick with the mole. She's the chick with the mole. She was in that shark movie recently. Yeah, actually, she's, not bad. She's good looking, right? Yeah, she's a good looking blonde. She started out in Gossip Girl. Was how she became sort of famous in Gossip Girl. She was a model too. She's like a cover girl model. Attractive blonde. She married Ryan Reynolds. I think uh, Reynolds' 18th wedding, 18th marriage. He's only like 40. He's been married like 18 times. <laughs> he always marries hot chicks. I'll give him that. Well, he seems like a cool guy. He seems like a very cool guy. He just seems like the kind of guy after two or three years wants to marry another hot chick. I would advise him to be super cool, not to keep getting married, and just to do what DiCaprio does because he seems like a better model. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of his, his you know, good guy image. He, he ties the knot. Yeah, but once you're married the six or seven times, you're not the good guy anymore. <laughs> I, I, women, lo- women fucking love him. Love him. In fact, he does commercials where he's making fun of the fact how much women love him, right? I mean, I'm not even gay, but if I was, I, he would be my, my go-to. Oh, yeah, for top, sure. Me top, too. Top draft pick. Um, uh, so, anyhow, his wife, Blake Lively, is now... So, here's the thing in Hollywood. So, all the... Uh, as I said last week, and I constantly say, like, uh, um, rich ladies in Brentwood have really hard time finding... Uh, rich, upscale, white celebrity ladies in particular have a hard time finding nobility in any cause. They're find, having trouble making their life feel like it's purposeful like when they used to used to march in college and got rid of uh, apartheid or whatever the fuck they did and now they're 40 45 and they got 50 million in the bank they live in a mansion they go to private schools they do all the things they protest against 30 years ago and now they're, they're those late so they're looking for any way they can to be like finding nobility a purpose a, a you know progressive cause in their life to attach themselves to so now what they're doing is the easiest thing possible, of course. They're executive producing TV shows and movies for women, about women, by women, written by women, for women, starring women, to really give opportunities to women in Hollywood. So Reese Witherspoon did this with her show on um, HBO called Big Little Lies. Not a bad show. You said you saw it. I assume your girlfriend made you watch it. Uh, I don't know why I watched it. Well, I heard it was good, and I, I don't it know. Wasn't bad. I have no real, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was. It was fairly well done. It wasn't bad, but. Uh, it's adapted from this book of this writer that all the all the celebrity ladies in Hollywood love because she writes stories about mid forty something upper class white women who are all extreme, still extremely doable, fuckable, and hot. Uh, do a lot of Pilates and workout, and are great moms, and are all married, married or boyfriended to loser guys who need a, a strong women in their lives. So basically, themselves. They all, beta, they all have beta male husbands who are abusive or cheating or just not successful at work and the women have to take care of them. They're never really complaining that he pays the entire mortgage off though. No, and then a murder happens. Oh. <laughs> Somebody gets killed and that's how the story and the novels all, all, all you know, that's the plot line that runs through it while these women wear amazing amazing clothing and look great in their, in their sport, spandex bras, sports bras. <laughs> that's sort of the point. So Reese Witherspoon made that. Blake Lively's now doing uh Fuck, it's called My Husband's Secret, I think. Those are like bad Lifetime movies. Yeah, it sounds pretty crappy. And so she's executive producing, Blake Lively. She's going to like get, it's a role, lots of roles for women, which means empowering women, which means they're going to hire Nicole Kidman again because everyone has to hire Nicole Kidman. If you provide, if you want to really provide opportunities for women who have no opportunities, Nicole Kidman's the person who needs it. Nicole Kidman <laughs> is like, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman, and Nicole Kidman They've all been like 40 for the last 70 years. Well, Morgan Freeman's clearly not 40 any longer. Like 45, 50. He no, could... he's about 75 now. But, but he was never young. No, he was never young because he didn't work when he was younger. I mean, Nicole Kidman is 
possibly more attractive now than she was 20 years ago. She's had a lot of work done that. A lot of work. If you see her face, it's because she got the puppet face. She's got puppet face going on. But she looks good enough to be in these in these shows. The fire crotch kind of creeps me out. Yeah. She, but she, but they always, so here's the thing. When they say empowering women in Hollywood, what they mean is I'm going to get my other rich, white, celebrity friends to be in the show. And we're going to make a show about women, by women, for women. But it's all going to be people. It's not, we're not giving breaks to unknowns. This is not like the Golden Gloves of boxing where we're going to discover unknown struggling female actor talents. Yeah, that, you yeah. Know. Nicole Kidman always gets that. When it, whenever it's an ensemble female type yes. of thing. Yes. She's uh, a couple movies, I can't even think of the names, but they suck. She is at least per, the person least in need of female empowerment. But here's what got me, and here's what Carrie wants to know in an email. Surprisingly, Carrie and I have the same problem. Uh, isn't Blake Lively blatantly sexist when she claims to want to hire women over men? And why does nobody call this out ever? I'm glad a woman asked this. She said, her quote was, I sent to you, it's a great day whenever you can hire a woman, right? And what, Matt, why is that? A, why is it a great day to be a fucking outwardly blatant sexist person? And if any man ever said that, or let alone any of the mother minority group, they would be completely thrown out of town, sued, fired. There'd be a federal lawsuit going on. If a man said this is a great day to hire other men, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because like I'll occasionally see like job listings and it'll say like. Uh, Maybe even on like Craigslist, it would say like looking for a woman writer or a female yes. writer, and I'm pretty sure that violates multiple you know federal and state laws regarding discrimination. It does not. It does not. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, women are a protected minority status, and therefore you're allowed to reach out to protected minority statuses, exclusive of other categories. And by the way, the only non-protected category is white, is white men. But how does so that not fly in the face of discrimination based on sex? If, isn't that exactly what it is? It is, but you're allowed, it's, it's done in the name of outreach. It's done in the name of diversity. It's done in the name of, like, we need, women are not given cha- opportunities. So think of it as affirmative action. It's like a quota system, almost. Right. And people have argued that quota systems, like in college, stuff like that, are, are reverse discrimination. But they still, ha- they still go on. I mean, so there's a, there's a, can be, there's, Competing federal laws about this, about federal rulings about this. Gotcha. One is there's a right to reverse historical discrimination. So, therefore, we want to encourage and or even have places for historically disadvantaged groups. And the other is like, well, no, you can't actually look at those, super, at those gender and race and all this other and sexuality, sexual identity issues because you're not supposed to look at those when you're, when you're hiring or admitting people to schools. Right. Uh, the former t- definitely went out. So women are allowed to say whatever the fuck they want, Matt, just so, just so you know. I went to this cocksucker hipster bar in Hollywood. Um, is that what it's called outside and you walked into it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called Good Times at Davy Wayne's. Did I ever go there? Unless you want to, like, throw eggs at the door. No. Um, so my friend, who was a, a female, uh, was there for her birthday, and uh, she was wearing jorts with her butt cheeks hanging out, Ah, which is fine. Yes. Um, I was wearing sort of more, less revealing shorts, more tasteful shorts. Your jorts were a little more knee length? Yeah, they were, yeah, sort of knee length. And the guy said, you can't come in in shorts. And I said, but she's allowed in shorts. And he said, but she's a woman. And I said, well, that's illegal. What you're doing is, is being discriminatory. Plus, I could just say I identify as a woman and uh, just sue the shit out of you, which I would have done if I you know, had a little more time on my hands. Did a ACLU attorney immediately appear out of thin air, materialize out of thin air to defend you and your civil rights? No, they probably Googled me and said, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, honestly, you can, you can really, I mean, just like the fake rape allegation we talked about earlier, you can really discriminate against men anytime you want to. And there's, no, there's nothing you can really do about that. You can overtly and blatantly discriminate against men. 
And most of the time, I'm actually kind of okay with that. I don't mind, I, I'm even okay with her saying, like, I want to make a movie about women for women and hire women to play the roles. They're all female roles, anyhow. But the kind of openly, blatant way of saying that, like, I, I love hiring women, nobody else could get away with saying that. So you should at least be a little discreet about the fuck that you're being completely sexist and discriminatory in your hiring. And the other yeah. thing is, the other thing is, like, you're not hiring. You're not really. We know you're not empowering women through this stuff. You're just hiring other rich ladies to be in your in your production. So you're not doing anything along, along those lines. Yeah, it's weird. And and you're also you're you're being discriminatory. And like, I, I frankly don't really even care that much about it. But the part of the deal of being discriminatory is you're supposed to pretend that you're not. Yes, that's what kills me. You got to have a little class about it. I I was thinking like even like a a black director or black producer would never say like, I'm so glad I'm I'm hiring black people instead of white people. The only person I think would say that would Spike Lee and everyone hates Spike Lee. So even like a real actual put upon minority would know better than to say that out loud because it's just fucking crass. And And the other thing too is that kills me is white women are not are demographically the largest population in the entire country and uh, also economically financially educationally are really the most served at the moment it's also so they're not actually not they are they have the best of both worlds in that they are not actually an oppressed minority may historically they were certainly not now but they get all the rights and privileges and, and, and bullshit of being the most oppressed minority ever and pulling that card Right, with all the advantages of being like wealthy Brentwood executive producers and still claiming you're you're also advertising that you have this agenda that that may may, um, you know be favored in terms of your product. So you're saying what you're saying with that is so let's say whoever it may be, Steven Spielberg says, you know, I want to direct an episode of the show, and they go, no, we want to hire a woman who's just way worse at directing. Like, (laughs) is that is that admirable? Is that something we should be celebrating? Uh, no, that sounds like a Vassar pro- school project. <laughs> no, I mean, a fucking, uh, well, we already talked about, we talked, so here's the thing. So we talked about Tom Hanks is like, I want to do an appearance. I want to do a cameo on the show. And you know, everyone loves Tom Hanks. Are they going to be like, no, we actually want this way less interesting actress. No, to do Tom it. Hanks would definitely get on the show. He's at beta, perfect beta with the, the women love. But you mentioned, remember when you mentioned talking about Spielberg and the, the, the fact that uh, Elizabeth Banks said he never made a movie with a female lead before, even though that turned out not to be true. And you said, like, he's a dude, and so he identifies with these male characters. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the women making women's movies. That doesn't bother me at all. You just can't frame it. At, you can't keep framing doing stuff for women and hiring your female friends as this, like, civil rights, the civil rights stand. Just say I'm a chick. I like hiring other chicks. I want to make movies for, for my for my girlfriends, and I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me at all. But you can't claim this is like a march on. This is a march on Selma, like because you're making an HBO an HBO film based off a a, mo- a, a book for uh, for uh, upscale suburban white women read. I mean, like Fifty Shades of Grey as a civil rights thing, something like that. Just say what it is. You're just like you're Reese Witherspoon. You're Blake Lively. You have this gang of girls in Hollywood you love working with and you hang out on vacation together and you want to make films that are cool for them and, and, and speak to your friends and peer group that's sort of what Spielberg does with his movies and I don't have a problem with that but you can't, you can't claim the, this, oppressive, this oppression status especially when, you, when you're fucking you know, made 50 million last year yeah. and you can executive produce any fucking film you want because you're famous yourself and you're Ryan Reynolds' wife and you can do whatever the hell you want uh, that's the thing that kills me. And that's what kills Carrie, who emailed us the exact same question I had, as it turned out. 
I agree with you. And, and by the way, you don't see so you know this uh, all all woman uh, production or whatever. Are you winning the fucking Oscar? Like, this isn't the best show out there. We can all agree on that. Oh, they won a lot. They're up for a lot of Emmys. Oh, Big really? Little Lies up for a lot of Emmys. Picked oh. by women, of course. Never mind. Though. I don't look. I I, I don't. I think it'd be, I think life would be a lot easier if people were allowed to say like, I'm a man. I like men stuff, so I'm going to make men product, male product, and I can hire guys to do it. I'm fine with that. Just like I'm fine with women doing it, and I, I think we'd be all better off with a little honesty, Matt. Just honesty. That's all I want. I also want like somehow women who drive. Jaguars <laughs> or Bentleys and like spend, I don't know, four months of your vacation in Bali and other places to quit acting like they're oppressed. It's just, I just find it personally offensive. It's just not, even like, I feel like Sean Penn even has like the dignity. He always speaks on behalf of the fucking San Anistas or shit like that or people in Haiti who are like broken fucking sewers in the street. But he never like pretends that he's one of them. He never, like, goes to the extent of, like, saying, like, I'm, like, these Haitian refugees. Yeah, he always true. like He always, like, says, like, I'm lucky to live the life I have, and these people need help. He never equates himself to the suffering of the people he's working with. He's kind of obnoxious about it in other ways, but he never pretends like he's one of the suffering class, which very, I find at least, true. yeah, so that's why I don't want to punch him. Uh, Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show? Uh, yeah. Uh, MattRalston.net. I'm working on something at the moment, and I, I'm talking. You know what I didn't realize is you can um, email. All I did was get the emails of all these professors at Yale and Harvard. Yes. And, like, half of them responded, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so the only thing that separates a sort of uh, unhinged rant from a sort of legitimate article is just that you quote a few people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't know. It took me a long time to figure that out. Oh, yeah, out. no, you got to put the quotes. you got to put the quotes <laughs> in there. So anyway. And once you get, by the way, once you get, like, uh, places like, you know, Fox News or Huff Power or whatever, they have go-to quote people. Mm-hmm. So they have, depending on what angle they want to push the story, they have go-to people who will provide them the quotes. Right, right. And it's legitimate. It's almost like they consider that research for the story. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad it's you weird. did it. And also, by the way, professors at any school or most anybody in any business are so fucking bored out of their mind and don't really get emails from anybody that they will engage you back almost like five minutes after you write them. Yeah, this woman is like the the foremost criminal justice professor in the entire country, and she was like, hey, what's up? Yeah, well, uh, Kylie Jenner got 80,000 tweets today. How many do you think think the professor at Yale or Harvard got? (laughs) One. Yeah, from you. So she's going to respond to that. I'm looking forward to that article. I can only imagine it's it's uh, anti-establishment in some manner. Well, I realized, and you know, I don't want to be lumped into this sort of uh, men's activist group because that, that makes you sound like such a fucking loser. Yeah, um, Bush rapist, which they mostly are. Uh, but I did notice that 90 percent of the prison population is male, and uh, that's kind of out of whack. You know, we all talk about how it's it's too far out of whack with the racial, but I've never heard anyone mention it in terms of gender. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you have a theory on this. Is it, se- is it sexism? Please tell me it's sexism. No, guys are, are fucking crazy and commit more crimes. No, but no, that's bo- that's women also work less hours, and no one's saying that the, just as many women should be in jail as men, are they? I see what you're in, getting in terms of the gender pagan. I, pre- I predict once again this article gets you laid. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you got something you want to promote? Come on, man. Use your baseball voice. <laughs> Well, yeah, once again, it's the first Monday of the month coming up, August 6th at Ooh. Bar 1 in, where is that? Uh, Valley Village, yes, on Burbank. I should know the address by now after doing this. But hey, it's Brian? the Starving Artist Variety Show. What were you going to say? Can I, isn't it August 7th, Brian? Um, probably. 
I don't want to step on your pl- I don't want to step on your plug in any way and ruin your creative uh, advertising juices. We'll, we'll edit this. But the date, the, the appropriate date. I totally you know? won't edit this. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, some dude who shows up the wrong night, fucking comes to kill you. <laughs> the one guy who shows up. Um, Matt, do you want to perform there? I'm really lagging on the. Uh... If I am in town, I will. So let's say probably. Okay. Cool. I'm coming, but I want to go after Matt. All right. I don't want to be a setup. I don't want to be his setup again. So come see one, maybe two of us, um, and myself. Also, but I want to go uh, before any any lesbians. Lex was uh, he did a really good job. Yes, last time I was I, impressed. I thought I'm it was ho- hilarious. I'm hoping to be uh, James Corden. Maybe make James Corden people will be there. We'll <laughs> <laughs> carry karaoke. Nice. Uh, I just like any chance to get uh, drinks. Really, any excuse to get drinks. Once they've you're married, got, there aren't many. There aren't many opportunities you can say, "I need to go get drinks." They've got a good beer selection there. Craft and, beers always. And Brian, are you selling anything? Jade jewelry, anything like that? What do you stoners do? Uh, uh, pixie, no. stick, pixie sticks, tattoos. I guess I could make henna, some henna. artisan pickles or something. Henna tattoos. What do you, what do you got going on? All right, I want to thank Rocco's in Studio City. Please come on down anytime you want. Uh, for the 100th show, we're going to have a big, a big celebration somewhere. I'm making, I'm making cookies or something like that. This is Lex, last murder. Talk to you next week.